Cradeline Network. Hail, Star Troopers! Conrad here, and welcome to the Space Spinner Star Lordathon. The Star Lordathon took place over July 25 and 26, 2020, and had guests from all over the world. Due to popular demand, I'm releasing it here on the podcast feed in four-issue chunks over the next few weeks. Tune in every Wednesday to hear Conrad and Fox grow progressively more tired as we talk about classic UK comics action. If you want to follow along with the stream visually, I'd heartily recommend checking out our YouTube page, which I'll link in the show notes. And we'll soon have the episodes we're covering today uploaded to it, so you can see all the comics we're talking about, as well as my smiling face. If you'd like to support the show, please check out the Patreon page of our podcast network, Cradeline, at patreon.com slash There's a variety of rewards for pledging, including a ton of yet-to-be-released content and exclusive episodes covering modern 2000 AD. Check it out and enjoy the Star Lordathon! Keep watching the skies! Hail, Star Troopers! My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox. This Woo. is the first hour of the Space Spinner Star Lordathon, a live stream where two Americans try to, where two Americans discuss the UK sci-fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. This hour, we're covering Star Lord issue one, cover date May thirteenth. Let me go back to the first page here. So, uh, May thirteenth, nineteen seventy-eight, and this time we're just getting things started as we meet the crews for Planet of the Damned, Timequake, Strontium Dog, and Robusters. Hell yeah. Yeah, buddy. Get ready. Uh, you can find the comics we're covering today in Strontium Dog, SDHD Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, and the Planet of the Damned Collection. Ooh. Yeah. So, before we get started today, Fox, uh. I thought we would, uh, you know, briefly just introduce ourselves. So, Fox, who are you? What's your deal? What's your history with uh, these comics, etc.? Uh, oh, man. I sometimes read comics when I was a kid. And then this guy that I know totally got me to start a podcast with him called Space Spinner <laughs> 2000. Yep. Knowing absolutely zero about uh, uh, sci-fi comics and certainly anthology comics. Like, all of this is new to me. We've been doing this for what feels like a thousand years and now I have to do it for 24 hours live in front of people. This That's is right. going to get weird. Oh, this yeah. This is going to get real weird. Hey, freak out. Now is the time, you know? Cool, yeah. And I'll say, um, you know, my name is Conrad. Of course, I got into British comics through the uh, Judge Dredd movie. So watch those. Liked them pretty well. After the 2012 one, I started reading back issues of 2000 AD on and off. By 2016, I'd read the first thousand or so proc. Started this podcast with you. The rest is history. Good times. Mm-hmm. Before you get started, I also want to talk briefly about a history of the comic itself. Um, in February 1977, IPC Magazine's created 2000 AD, a weekly anthology comic designed to take advantage of the coming wave. Oh, oh my God. I've messed it up already. Okay. <laughs> Dude, don't worry. We'll do it live. No, no, no. It's fine. So, uh, but uh, it was made to uh, to take advantage of the coming wave of family friendly sci fi uh, sci fi movies. Your Black Hole, your uh, <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind, your Star Wars, etc. Um, it was immediate success, so a spinoff comic was created, aka Star Lord. The idea was that Star Lord would be a little fancier than 2000 AD, Ooh. with nicer paper and more colored pages. 
And while it didn't catch on, it does leave a legacy of characters and storytelling. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Hell yeah. Robusters, the only thing that came out of this comic. Oh, and Strontium Dog, buddy. Come <laughs> on. So I want to talk <clears throat> just uh, – <clears throat> oh, my God. It's already starting. Just very briefly about the physical differences be- between these comics – Mostly to show off the fact that I myself am in possession of a Star Lord number one. Uh, Ooh, signed, look at Mr. Fancy signed Boy. by Carlos Escara. Thank you very much. But um, oh yeah. But so you can see. But when you compare it to a 2000 AD from a few months later, it's a oh, little, wow. it's yeah. a little thinner. Um, mm-hmm. So it oh, ends up being a little taller for comics. Um, the cover's a little nicer, like basically all of like two, like this feels more li- like a comic book, I guess, like in my American hands, as opposed to 2000 AD, which feels a little bit more like a newspaper, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So like, the stock is like literally that different, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, so as we get into it, yeah, let's talk about the, uh, the cover here. All right. So number What's one. What's wrong with this phrase? Oh no! So our buddy Roman Sola uh, uh, draws cover one. Montage characters including Johnny Alpha, Wolf from and Wolf from Strong Team Dog, Flint okay. from Planet of the Dams, Susie Cho from Time Quake, and then just some random spaceships for uh, for flavor. I mean, it's not it's not a space comic if you don't have weird spaceships. Absolutely, around. that's the need. You know, that's right. As Sheridan said, even Rocky had a montage. That's the that's very important. <laughs> um, but so um, you'll like you'll also notice there's a big there's a big open space in the comic, like right here. Basically, I hope you can see see, see my magnifying glass. But um, that's because all of these first issues came with a badge. I've got oh. one here, the Laser Specialist badge. Mm, very nice. Which was basically, um, you know, we'll, t- we'll see it as time goes by. But the conceit of this comic was that, you know, Star-Lord's here to save humanity from the Internet Interstellar Federation. And to oh. do that, he's got to organize the, ki- the kids of England into paramilitary groups. And Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> your rank in that and, and your position in that mi- paramilitary group was determined by the badge you got in your initial issue of Star-Lord, all right? Uh, weaponizing children. Always, all right? Listen, you know, ch- child soldiers is a Star-Lord way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's also... There's also, uh, you know, pilots and mech war commanders and stuff like that. We'll see all these as as we go by for sure. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the uh, the total ones w- were um, were pilot, uh, time warden, laser specialist, mech war controller, tank commander, and of course, skateboard strike force. What the hell? Especially That's not when, real. I'm oh, totally yeah. a skateboard strike force. That's red. Listen, everybody wants to be on the skateboard strike force, Fox, but you can't all be. Some of you gotta be like <laughs> you gotta pilots have the or badge. stuff. Yeah, you gotta earn them, or you gotta be like me and like 40 years later buy a copy that's signed by a <laughs> famous creator and has all six badges. All right, it was a hundred pounds, Fox. So I'm not. Jeez, I don't want to hear nothing buddy. from nothing. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So so the comic here costs uh, 12 pence, which is um, 2008 costs nine pence at this point. So it's a little pricey and pricey for the genre generally. That's mm-hmm. 70 pence and 52 pence in, ni- in 2019 money or Jeez. 90 and 67 cents in today's American money. So whatever. All right. Yeah. Fancy price for a fancy comic, as we'll see. So, oh, I should say also, yeah, you, you're you making fun of Johnny Alpha's face. That's extremely fair. These early days of Strontium Dog, I think they're still deciding how much of a mutant they want him to be, you know? Ah, uh, like, I get you. Or how, and so that's how, like, unhuman and, and, like, weird he looks and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not till 2000 AD he makes that full jump to uh, John Travolta. Like, like to being the most beautiful stuff. man alive. Yeah, listen. And breaking my goddamn heart. Ah, hey, hey, don't get ahead of, of, right. of our released shows, Fox. All right. They got to join the Patreon if they want to know what's going to happen ahead of time. <laughs> you got to drop that shell, buddy. Listen. I'm, I listen. I'm I'm plugging the Patreon at the end of every episode. So that's Good the man. Notes on the show, all right. Listen, if you don't, I'm doing it. Give us money, all right. But let's get started, Fox, with Blueprint One: Planet of the Damned. Ah, uh, it's a damned planet. Yeah. And uh, and and yes, this is what you call it. Twenty four hours. We're gonna do every just um, um from the chat. Yeah, yeah. Every issue of Star Lord plus the summer special plus the first annual. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> Whole team. It's some of us are more prepared than others. <sighs> it's my whole life up to this point, buddy. So uh, <laughs> a script for Planet of the Damned. Pat Mills is Re Wright. Art is by Horatio Lalia, lettering about Bill Nuttall. And I'm going to say letterers are going to change frequently um, oh. as we go through these stories. And I, I, I try to get them right every time, but I can't promise that I am. It's okay, Fox. All right. <laughs> Since 1945, more than 100 planes and ships and 1,000 men have mysteriously disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, no. That's right. It's- Oh no! It's a it's a funny thing, buddy. How uh, now that we have like long range communications and global co- <laughs> global positioning technology, you don't hear about that Bermuda Triangle anymore, huh? That's yeah, very strange. <laughs> the whole plane's glowing, and even the ocean doesn't seem right. Something. Oh, this is amazing. I love this. <laughs> so you got a list. So we start with a, a, a list of examples of um of ships lost in the triangle these ones are all real i believe or uh, I, I believe um although wait no no i'm sorry i i, I take it back uh the fir- this first one here the the anita uh isn't listed on like the wikipedia of of lost um uh B- B- bermuda triangle ships i can okay. only find it on weird um angel fire sites and then another one, the other uh, sulfur queen here, like all ship um, building experts have been like, listen, like that ship was not fit to sail. All right. Like, don't blame this one on aliens. <laughs> um, and their stupid love of like triangles and, and yeah, crop circles. Crop circles. Definitely. The, the Martin Mar- Mariner flying boat is kind of interesting one because uh, its wreckage was actually found in 1963. So again, in the Bermuda Triangle. Well, I mean, in the region of the Bermuda Triangle, but that doesn't mean that you know it wasn't taken by aliens. That's what I'm trying to say. Or whatever <laughs> else. All right, like we know where it is, but 
enough of that stuff. Listen, all right, we're going to break this time-space continuum. I'm so tired of this continuum lording it over us, all right? God, it's so rude. It's like an uninvited guest. That's right. Now we see a TriStar jet on a transatlantic flight. What? <laughs> Go, it goes out of control, gets sucked into an abyss. And oh, God. Business. Don't fly over the Bermuda Triangle. I feel like that's the known quantity it's here. It's hard not to pass it, to be honest. Like, it's a very, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big space if you look it up. Um, but uh, businessman Lou Kerr and uh, sci-fi writer Stan Hackman are not amused. Oh, the compass is going great. nuts. Eventually, they land at a strange place. Oh, what's going on? It's nothing like Earth. It sure ain't America. <laughs> Duh. Oh, man. And then the fucking writer just pops off, it seems like. Hey, listen. This, yeah, he's going to – Hackman's our main guy here. You know, he's uh, like – it's probably a reference to Gene Hackman just in other disaster movies and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. Exciting times, you know. <laughs> but um, as soon as they land, they stumble out of the plane. Hackman's immediately got answers. Like, oh, yes. Uh. We're in a parallel reality, an ab world, of course. Uh, Writers are so intelligent. Genre savvy, 1978. Uh, mm -hmm. Kerr isn't buying it, of course, but then we meet the inhabitants, these weird lumpy dudes with spindly arms and no mouth oh, or love, eyes. Look at this guy. I love him. Uh, God, he's, he's so gross. It's just a sack of skin and, and like gross stuff. This is rad. Definitely. Yeah, oh, Hack barbarian man. Yeah, Hackman tries to and tries to like uh, communicate with them, but then a dude jumps on it. Nay, tis evil. It's a barbarian oh, dude, long blonde hair, loincloth and dog tags. He kills this being with a hatchet and then squeezes the life out of it. What the fuck? Ew. Hackman, it makes a, Oh yeah. It makes a glurg noise. Ugh. Brains it like crazy. <laughs> and Hackman, of course, gets up on his high on his high horse about it, like, "Oh, you've you've killed this obvious monster! How barbaric!" Right. <laughs> don't don't get angry at the rip dude with an axe. Do not yell at him. You this gotta, is like survival one or one. That's what you got to do. Oh man, someone's saying it's it's ab humans now, nah, buddy. Ab humans. I'm talking about like they got crazy chest mu uh, stomach muscles. That's the only answer. <laughs> Um, this uh, loincloth dude introduces himself as Flint, a bosun okay. on the ship Galantine. Not uh, not a real ship lost in the Bermuda Triangle, by the way. Um, All right. And he says, Hackman, you're such an idiot. You'll die first. Real Arnold Schwarzenegger here. Um, All right. Hackman says his scientific knowledge will help them uh, will be better. He's than a some writer. We're, we're going to go out on our own. All right. They walk out onto this extremely sci-fi landscape. Look at all these moons and planets and stuff. I mean, that's how you know you're in a different place during this time, right? You just add some planets. Not Definitely. with disregard for what that would do to your gravity. Yeah. They uh there's a lake nearby and they the human sorry, my uh my my lovely visage is blocking it here, but they see some ab humans by a lake sort of showing that it's tasty water. Some guy oh. goes to drink from it, and the water yeah. is poison and he dies instantly. Pretty Hello. solid. You you don't take your helmet off on a foreign planet, and you don't drink water that those aliens are drinking. Yeah, you do. One of the pilots <laughs> of the ship goes to give this ab human a piece of his mind, like, hey, what's the big idea? Then he gets spit in his face, and the spit's full of acid. 
Oh God, these and these he, dudes are real jerks. His face disintegrates as well. Oh, it's bad times. It's yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you get acid in. Did. Yeah, the ab humans it's advance dangerous. on the on the passengers. There's nowhere to run, but then Flint jumps back in. He axes one of these ab humans and then kills oh. another by bashing in its brain. The survivors put themselves in Flint's leadership. He says they'll have to become primitives like him to survive here or in this what? planet of the damned. The only oh, I'm covering. Damn it. In this planet of the damned, the only way to survive is the barbarian way. Man, I feel like he is just fucking pushing his own agenda here. <laughs> Why does it have to be the barbarian way? That's the way he knows. Next time on Planet of the Damned, it's raining acid. Oh, what? That's awesome. Are you serious? <laughs> That's See? the actual name what of it. it. This is going to be great. All the all the next times are uh, quotes from the next issue in Star-Lord, just for the record. Um, oh, just man. Just to be aware. All right. So, I am so happy for Acid Rain. That's going to be so dope. Totally. And hey, speaking of uh, coming to the end of the world, Fox, let's continue on to our second story, Blueprint 2, Time Quake. Oh my god. Script oh, I love robot. this guy's mustache. Oh yeah, listen. Uh, He's a Klingorn. Script Chris Louder as Jack Adrian, Art Ian Kennedy, letter about Peter Knight. And I th- it's been said before, and I'll say it again, Ian Kennedy draws a hell of a plane, draws a hell of a mustache. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just that planes and mustaches, planes with mustaches. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's commissioned him to draw a, a, like anthro planes or something. But uh, you know, I don't check. His oh TV my god! Um, anthro planes. All right, Fox. May first, nineteen seventy-eight. About two weeks ago from when this issue came out. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's nuclear strikes. All, nuclear strikes all over the world. All traced back to a man named Kamal Aswan. He's an international oh. terrorist. Killed some folks at a Middle East peace talks, which led to heightened tension, tensions. And now the nukes are flying. As the world dies, James Blocker, oh, skipper of the ship that <laughs> Aswan uh, uh, came to the Middle East in. Uh, yeah, uh, the ship Aswan rolled to it, rode to Israel is about to be caught in the nuclear explosions when a dude with, as we said, a sweet mustache appears out of nowhere and tells him to jump through this sweet time portal he's got. Oh, my God. I mean, the answer is, of course, yes. Unless they're time police, in which case you're in big trouble because time I mean, police are no joke. These guys have uniforms and mm-hmm. uh, sidearms, which makes them gives them a very time police look, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, if, if oh, is he going to be a time policeman? Oh, this is going to be so rad. Let's find out, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a fair point. This is a very melt, meltdown man intro for the record. Let's start by blowing everybody up. Live it up. <laughs> Does have that Bill Savage look, though. It's a good call. Yeah, definitely. Blocker's resistant. Another guy and then a lady show up. You got 20 minutes or it's going to go. Blocker, of course, slugs this mustache, dude. (laughs) Knuckle sunshine. I got to move myself up here because I'm blocking key, key page turning info here. Um, But... Yeah, he's resistant. He slugs the mustache, dude. So they hit him with a stun beam and drag him through the portal, as you do. (laughs) Set phasers to freeze him in time. 
please. Um, just ahead of the bombs going off. In a sweet sci-fi control room, Blocker's revised, revived. He's quite confused. So an older dude explains, we're 85 million <laughs> years in the past. Uh, we're oh, brought here by a time war. What? The, dude, and if you they set up their base 85 million years. Yeah. <laughs> Real estate's cheaper, buddy. We all know. Oh. God. Anyway, if you don't believe me, look out the window and check out this sweet, uh, this sweet dinosaur out there. Uh, it's a Lumposaurus Rex, actually. Very smooth 1970s <laughs> T Rex here, you know. Nice and polished, you know. They're barely even. They barely even settled that these things were reptiles, let alone like the feathers of modern T Rexes. There's know? just so much meat on that animal. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah, thick boy, thick Rex. The T and T Rex stands for thick fox. We all know it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Absolutely. Beautiful. Oh. Anyway, the 20th century has been destroyed, and it's all because you smuggled that guy into Israel. Whatever. You're such a dick. They sort of recap future history in 1997. A warp drive will be created and uh, bring humanity into conflict with aliens called the Droon from the Rigel system. Okay. they figured out time travels. They are basically going to try to Sarah Connor human civilization. You know, go back. (laughs) Stop from happening, etc. Oh, yeah. Time travel's real. FYI, all right? And don't worry about it. I mean, I can't stress enough that you shouldn't worry about it. We meet the rest of the the crew. What is this? What is this? What are these ghostly images? It's everybody in their their native garb. There's the boss, Harovinda from the 38th century. Um, Lady Susie Cho is a princess from the 32nd century. (laughs) Quetzal Cholmec is an ancient Aztec. And I guess that's all you need to know about that. And uh, the third dude is Marcus Galadius, a Roman centurion. Don't worry about him too much. Um, oh, my God. They call him a pure strain Aztec. Don't what like that. the fuck? Nope. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> anyway, their mission is to stop major screw-ups in time. But this latest one's a doozy. All the other time bases after the 20th century have been destroyed, basically, because of time paradoxes, you know. Well. Not good. They need Blocker to stop himself from transporting Aswood, but um, there's no time for that as suddenly a bunch of big four-armed alien dudes teleport into the base. God, the more arms they have, the more bad they can do. Uh, they immediately vaporize Marcus, so I hope he didn't recognize <laughs> his name because that guy is a non-factor. Oh, man. Just red-shirted him super hard. Absolutely, yeah. And then some more frog dude buddy shows up. We droon destroy you. Oh, good. And they they can't even... They didn't even care to, like, really go for grammar on this one. This is the fight. Listen, you know, they're weird. I mean, I think they're just being real angry, you know, because they're, they're destroying all the time stations from 1978 backwards. So yeah. Oh, so wait, why would you work backwards? <laughs> Because you got to – I can't believe you're asking me these questions. So – you don't know anything about time travel. That's why right? I don't have the badge. You're never going to make it as a time warden at this rate, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just asking the questions that's on everybody's mind. Fair. All right. Yeah, listen, well, I'll tell you one thing, Fox. Next time on Timequake, the Droon have wiped out the future. Uh, that's <laughs> – sir, how can you destroy something that hasn't happened yet? It already, they're, already, they're from the 40th century. From their perspective, it has happened, all right? Again, you got you to gotta bone up on your time stuff if you're going to become a warden, buddy. 
That's the official the the official uh, uh, phrase for it. Time stuff. Yeah, wibbly wobbly. Um, oh, yeah. So let's uh, take a break from 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 blueprints Ooh. here and go to the Starfax. Hey, why not? Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind for. Or, oh, sorry. Or fighting for Star Lord. It's the actual Star Lord. So, wow. General, looking pretty all right. Yeah, I like his was, cape. Got that. Got that hair. Got that. Various guns. Got some cool. Got a boot knife. Very. Oh wait. Very knife. solid. Yeah. Look at that. Thing. That. That's the necessary. That's nice. Right there. That now he just has my respect. You know me and boot knives, man. That's like danger acid. Yeah, that's our key. Yeah, so all these classic comics, the time had a presenter or character that is presumably making the comic and presenting it out here. Your your Rod Serlings or your your Crypt Keeper type type characters, you know. Um, mm-hmm. in, in this case, it's Star Lord. Um, no relation to the Marvel character. The Marvel character did exist at this point, but he wasn't in the Guardians of the Galaxy. He was just sort of a minor, like Marvel space dude, basically. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but so Star Lord's a, a, a military leader. He's on the run from the Interstellar Federation, and this comic's supposed to be training you to fight the Instel Fed, possibly just through through osmosis. <sighs> Learn that uh, that uh, planet of the damned toughens your endurance. Time break oh, toughens your mind. <clears throat> time travel. Strontium Dog teaches you about the dirty sides of the universe. And Robusters learns you about robots. Robots. Um, this guy is, I mean, going to get some more crime slapped on him pretty hard here. Oh, absolutely. Listen, Ugh. you haven't, you've war, you know, wait till the next episode. That's where the, that's where the war crimes start. But um, there's also mention of these badges and they're all like basically big stickers, essentially. They, I, um, there's notes here to put them wherever you want, but don't put them on skin. Presumably, having learned hard <laughs> lessons from the bio, from the uh, from the bio sticker debacle in early days, um, 2000 AD. Still tell people that story where it's like, no, it just rips your skin off nearly. It's good. There, I mean, <sighs> I think like I, I dare not try to unstick them at this point. I don't because I don't know what this. I get real worried about this forty-two-year-old uh, adhesive that's on these stickers right now. <laughs> I mean, you might as well just cut it off the shirt. I mean, I just don't want to deal with it. You know, I'm I'm using tape to affix this to me right now. Good, um, good, good. So there's also a call for letters and fan art. Of course, everybody who um, does it gets a two-pound. Uh, postal notice, the best letter of the week gets 10. And we'll start, we'll start seeing letters around issue 9 or 10, I believe. Takes a, a couple little of bit. issues right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got to set things up first. But speaking of exciting adventures in the future, Fox. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go to Blueprint 3, Strontium Dog. It's our boys. My boys. Yeah, buddy. Listen, this is the this is the dawn age. But you can see what I mean when they're kind of developing Johnny Alpha's look here. You know? Oh, sure. Doesn't matter. Wolf's still alive. It's 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, script robot John Wagner's TV Grover. Art robot Carlos Esquerra, of course, the king. Letter about Jack Potter. Are they in like a like a strawberry cake? Or maybe like a yogurt land. I mean, what's going on here? Very much the it's nature of a lot color. of these colorings. Yeah, is that they're just they're really is that everybody loves putting color on the page. So you do get a lot of these big purples and oranges and these big like expansive colors 
in these in the color pages of Star Lord in general. You know, they're very, very nice. People are saying the car, that, that, that that these are Carlos's colors for for doing stuff. I mean, it's very. <laughs> Very uh, colors in 78, at least, because I know they're very different from the Necropolis colors that we're seeing oh, in sure. 2000 AD in our, in, in, in our current issues, Fox. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Like this. Yeah. Tom was a man could commit various acts of evil and hide from justice in an expanding galaxy. Times have changed. Today is the day of the Strontium Dog. Oh, hell yeah. I am the dog. Strontium Dog, one of the big hitter, heavy hitters for Star-Lord. It'll make the jump to 2000 AD and very much beyond. It's I love seeing these early Strontz stories. It's the year 2180. The planet Kator. Mutant bounty hunters Johnny Alpha and his partner, Viking Dude Wolf, are dodging yeah. lightning scatter beams by a pair of no-good crooks. The bad guys try to hide using chameleon cloaks, but didn't count on Johnny Alpha's alpha ray emitting eyes. He sees the dudes in infrared, and they set their blasters to flesh. (laughs) Love that. That's awesome. Only skeletons remain. (laughs) Oh, man. Just getting rid of the flesh. That's all you need. Oh, that's Um, so great. The cops show up and try to arrest Johnny and Wolf. But he explains he's an SD agent after a licensed bounty, and the, so the cops can arrest him. Man, but they also oh, the video slug shows up. Yeah, yeah, video this. slug yeah. in his helmet here, just to show yeah. that the bounty was was all fair and square and stuff. He doesn't care. Cameras on cops. Yeah, the cops make. Cl- oh, whoa! <laughs> Top. I know, but <laughs> the cops make it very clear that. Um, his his type ain't welcome around here. Yeah, all he doesn't right. Care man, he's here to work. You know, <laughs> I'm a hard working man. Absolutely, he's here after Max Quirk, and those two were his goons. And pretty solid, um, like a uh, uh, Batman boner talk here, as they say. Oh God! Like, oh, you killed him. <laughs> You've too bad you boned him, Mutie. Oh, man. Like, come on. Um, so weird. Luckily, Johnny Alpha pulls out a time drogue, which All right. warps one of these goons back to life. So Johnny <laughs> can then use his mutant eyes to get the information out of him. Why did you, I guess you killed him just so that you could bring him back. So then you could use it. And then he, oh, he untimes him? Yeah. Oh, God damn, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, the goon gives up the info and he presses the button. He returns to skeleton form. Pretty solid. Um, the cops oh scoff at his fancy tech and tell him to finish the job and get off the planet. We see the boys walking through town just as the entire city seems to be giving him dirty looks and stuff like that. Scoffing at his time gadgets? What are you cyanide, Strontz. Yeah, listen, oh, we got God. the power of time travel, but that's bullshit, buddy. <laughs> it's whatever. It's so I, cool. The time gadgets are the best gadgets. Absolutely. I love they're establishing them from the very start of Strontium Dog. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Droog isn't even like the... Like the big like item versus like the time bombs or time traps that they'll use later, but mm. it's still here. I, th- I think later I've actually seen them use droogs and like even if when they turn it off, the person's still alive. Um, it's like you still die just because sort of death c- ends up claiming its own. Like you can't use All it right. to cheat death, you know. Um, but anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're heading off despite their jerkiness. Wolf is, of course, sticking with Johnny. They're comrades, after all, keeping the galaxy safe from verms and vermin. Oh, uh, yeah. Verms und vermin. Next time, get lost or that woman and kid get smoked. Wow. Very oh exciting. My God. Big hostage situation in Strontium. Big hostage Get out of here. Um, <laughs> in between stories, there's an ad for the prize next issue, the space calculator, and an ad for Mine Wars, which is coming in Judge Dredd style, starting in issue two in Star-Lord. Super duper excited for Mind Wars. All right. I mean, I'm guessing that it's Wars of Minds. Mind wars, nothing but mind wars. Wow. So very fine. The wars. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen, in more ways. You than know, one. it's only going to get worse as we get as we get more tired. Oh, yes. I'm very excited for mind wars. It's very much I would call it the meltdown man of um of Star Lord, as well as just sort of like the big spine of it as well. Super. Cool. I mean, uh, are are we? Uh... So it's 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 the meltdown man. Yeah. Is there an actual mind war? Oh yes. 100%. Okay. So unlike meltdown man, who never melted, he melted <laughs> twice: the beginning and the end. Fox. But speaking of familiar characters, let's go on to Blueprint Four Robusters. Oh, yeah, dude. The Saturday morning cartoon that should have been. Definitely, yeah. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot Carlos Pino, lettering robot Tom Frame. My boy. Yeah. In 2078, robots are doing all of man's work, basically like cars, I guess. At a robot dealership, a salesman's trying to unload a few uh, used droids, a rebellious sewer droid named Rojaws, and an army surplus war droid named Hammerstein. Yeah. Hammerstein. The folks buying robots aren't interested in them, though, and instead go with a pretty racist Japanese bot instead. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got the, got the stereotyped spellings here and stuff like that. Uh, let's just keep moving on. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this man with the tiny wings. In the end, they say that, like, um, they just sort of take that one and walk off. The owner of the robot dealership says he can't afford to have these bots no one wants taking up floor space. So he sends them to Mechquake instead. Oh, yeah, boy. For the first of a billion times, we see Rojas and Hammerstein blithely banter as they walk to their deaths. <laughs> they meet another robot far more freaked out by this pr prospect, Shatterbox, a spy drone, basically just, just a glorified computer with wings. They comfort him and then make the walk to Mechquake. But before they can be destroyed, the salesman jumps in. He sold them all to Howard Quartz. Oh, hell yeah. Our boy with the brain. That's right. Howard Quartz, a billionaire who's had most of his body and organs replaced with robotics. He's called Mr. 10% because that's all he has left that has that's organic. If he gets any more, he'll be reclassified as a robot instead of a man. He's and basically he is not going to lose human status. Mm -mm, he loses money. He's basically just a brain in a jar with a bunch of, of a telephones built into his chest, essentially. <laughs> so great. Buy, sell, uh, trade, stock exchange. I mean, I just, signs. it's such a 1978 view of the future where there's still oh, yeah. corded phones, but they're connected to a wireless system that's in your body, I, basically. I like how it's, it's, it's a straight pole system and, and they're not the spirally cords. 
Mm -mm. All right. She's brought all these bots to be part of his international rescue operation. So let's check that out now. Here we go. All right. Oh, hell yeah. What is this? Third big color spread in Star-Lord. Love it. Oh, look, there's a shark. He's like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, definitely. So, um, the North Sea Tunnel connects Britain and Scandinavia, but then... Not a B- anymore, baby. Yeah, BP sub has crashed into it. It's a disaster. The whole place is flooding and burning, having a terrible time. We see... <laughs> oh, wait. There we go. Sorry. Very fiddly page turning here. Um, we see oh. a, a, a chatterbox. A spy robot flies overhead and goes underwater to get more details. He assesses the disaster as um, uh, as an amount. Oh, sorry. He says the danger. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Determines which robot should be dispatched and how much it should cost, which oh is uh, 575,000 pounds, about 3.3 million today, which doesn't seem that bad, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that's... In right. terms of like saving hundreds of people and fixing a tunnel that, you know, a, a, a key tunnel here, you know. Well, I guess the labor is robots, right? So you kind of do a discount. Mm, maybe. I don't think you get to be Howard Quartz if you're doing a lot of discounts, though. <laughs> 10%. That's as high as I'll go. <laughs> so, uh, but suddenly Chatterbox conks out. Oh, no, he disappears. Ah. He's not a very fun robot to look at anyway. Uh, aboard the Praying Mantis mothership, Quartz makes the call to get uh, the contract for the rescue. And then the robot He's got this goddamn umbrella. <laughs> of course. Listen, he might be a robot, but he's still an important businessman. So he's got to have a, uh, an umbrella here, you know? Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God. I'm all over the place. Um, yeah. So the Praying Mantis mothership gets it, goes in. Robot's going to access to action, a supply pod goes to a nearby sea fort while the rescue vehicle itself heads underwater. They agreed, the uh, bots agreed to, t- to keep an eye out for, for Chatterbox just in case, then spring into action. As they're sort of running around saving people, a human makes fun of them for being robots for some reason. Hey, whoa, dude. Whoa, whoa. Hey, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> a mid saving you, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's but, just. A real dick. Yeah, Rojas just calls him Harry, and the crew gets to work. <laughs> They're pulling people out of the wreckage. They're earning the hearts of children everywhere, all that stuff. Ro- Rojas' shovel arm gets injured. Oh, no. Ah, uh, not the shoveling one. How else is he going to scoop up the poops? That's his key, you know. Um, they take a man to Nurse Angel's clinic, where a hollow projection of a nurse on a robot screen right here uh, uh, quells a man's anti-robot uh, uh, sentiments. <laughs> They're busy clearing out this section of the tunnel so that the sub can be removed as Hammerstein, Hammerstein chastises Rojaws for eating all the metal and stuff like that. I mean, look, it's a bunch of garbage now. Yeah, the tunnel section is cleared off as Mechwake comes in to do his specialty. Fox, if you'll do the honors here. Uh, big jobs always as a sub is pushed through pushed free hammerstein here are some fate numbers it's chatterbox oh hey he's back yeah they pull him out of the muck of the sea floor and hurry back as the ship blasts <laughs> off mission accomplished and the check is in the mail huzzah man so how is how is roja's swimming up He's he's on rollers, baby. Looks like he's got oh, got I guess a jet he's got back a jet there. Thing. Yeah, he's, he's farting his way to freedom, I suppose. <laughs> he does. He likely converts everything into methane. 
Yeah. And thus the day is saved. Next time on Roadbusters, and then my head came off. Oh, that's great. And uh, with that, we've completed the first issue of Star Lord. Oh my God! Can you guys believe it? We read the comic book. We made it, buddy. We survived. I'm gonna go back to the oh, cover here because that's nice. But that means I have one question for you, my friend. Oh man, Star Lord issue one. Oh, what, one question for everybody in the chat, if you're interested as well. Which is, what were your top and bottom blueprints for this first oh. issue of Star Lord? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely top. I'm gonna give it to probably Strong Team Dog. I mean, that's it looks great. Uh, that that feels pretty good. I, I mean, I I'm so biased at this point just because it's <laughs> back. Wolf's back, and I love him. Oh, for sure. Uh, God damn, for bottom. Yeah. I I really don't want to say Planet of the Damned. And but it's Planet four, of the Damned. You gotta choose, you know. Planet of the I Damned. Know. Mm. It's gotta be Planet of the Damned. I I I I like it. I I'm just I'm not very pro forceful barbarian life. Mm. And I'm so it. much more into time cops, if that makes sense. <laughs> time quake, but it time. Need. So, Conrad, mm. wants to know. They need to know. What were your uh, top and bottom blueprints? Blueprints, that's right. They're all feels uh, weird to say. They're Star Lord survival blueprints. So we're calling them blueprints. So he's a survivalist. Oh yeah. So I mean, he's teaching us how to survive against the Interstellar Federation, buddy. Um, I'm. It's for me. I think it's between Strontium Dog and Timequake. Mm. You know, I'm really loving this T Rex and these drones. <laughs> right. In Time Quake, I'm really loving that 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 blocker just shows up punching. Like that's very yep. fun to me. But, time cop, punch him. Yeah. But in the end, I'm gonna say Strontium Dog too. This opening thing of these guys bursting into it thing, it just feels like it shows up fully formed more than even even more than Robusters, I guess. Um mm. that this is the Strontium Dog that we'll have for the next forty years right here, you know? Fucking A. No oh, doubt. Move myself around. Oh god, no. <laughs> Excuse me. That's a good time to get all this out of the way, anyway. Listen, it's going to be a lot uh, for my What's bottom. The bottom baby? Yeah, I got. Um, I'm going to say Planet of the Damned. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's I mean, meh. Planet of the Damned. Not bad. Fine thrill. Enjoying it. Like this barbarism. Like this murder of ab humans and stuff. <laughs> I am excited for it. it's raining acid. Oh yes, but um, in the end. Uh, you know, there's only four stories to pick from, and yeah. by process of elimination, Planet of the Dam gets down there, I think. Yeah. It is uh, – I'm actually so far pleasantly surprised. There doesn't seem to be uh, cruft here. No, no, no. I like mean, Star Lord so far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, w one thing we're going to find with Star Lord is that, um, like, like, it ought, like it's going to make these choices really hard just because there aren't a lot of things in here. Like, there's mm. – you know, sometimes five, but often four blueprints through uh, uh, per story, basically. So it means that it's there's going to be a top, there's going to be a bottom, and very little in between. You know, nice. Just keep an eye, uh, uh, an eye out for how long some of these stories are. Even from our 2000 AD perspective, there's going to be a lot of like not just like five page stories, but like eight page stories. Whoa, massive, really? Massive stories from a British comic perspective and stuff like that. But that's pretty yeah. very exciting. 
Okay, so here we go. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. If you like what you're hearing, please check out our weekly podcast about 2000 AD on your favorite podcast provider. That's SpaceBitter2000. If you can contact us at SpaceBitter2000 at gmail.com in the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter, we're at SpaceBitter2K. For everything else, please just look up SpaceBitter2000. You'll find us there. If you'd really like to support us, and we would truly appreciate it, feel free to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash cradaline. That's our podcast network. And please check out the links to collector editions of the comics that we're talking about below. These are amazing work by awesome artists and writers. Definitely worth your time. Come back next hour, Fox. Oh. We'll start a new story, the space operatic Mind Wars. Johnny Alpha gets his man, Timequake returns to London, and the Robusters roll out the red carpet, and, f- and the planet of the damned sings in the rain of acid. <laughs> <laughs> now that. Is a movie that I could get behind. Oh, yes. Until then, I'm Conrad. He's Fox. And we are the Space Spinner Star Lordathon. Keep watching the skies. Oh, man. I do not know that that is his. Yeah. Listen, new, new, new sign off, new opening, because it's a new thing. And uh, oh, thanks so much for being on the stream. We'll see you at, on the hour. Be safe out there. <laughs> Hail Star Troopers! My name is Conrad. It's 5 a.m. here in the City of Angels alongside my friend Fox. And this is the second hour of the Space Spinner Star Lordathon, a live stream where two Americans tra- uh, discuss the UK sci fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. This hour, we're covering Star Lord issue two, cover date May 20th, 1978. This time, we're Oh, oh I'm just making sure that we're, I'm showing up here. You are showing up. You are okay. live. Good, good, good. Okay, this time we're checking out the dawn of the mind war. Burning London, dropping time bombs, impressing God. generals, and getting to know the wildlife of the planet of the damned. What the hell? Listen, now is the time. You can find the comics recovered today in Strong Team Dog SCAC Files 1, Robusters Volume 2, Planet of the Damned, and the, Dam- the Planet of the Damned Collection, and the Judge Dread Magazine 408 and 409. And this hour, we're joined by friend of the show, James. Welcome aboard. Woo! Hello. Hello. All right. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. We're going to have try to have guests um, a bunch of times throughout the show, a bunch of folks who have been on the show previously, a couple other uh, 2000-related podcasters, other things like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, James, I was wondering if you, if, if you could share your Star-Lord history with us. Well, I would, be, I would have been reading 2000 AD before this, and uh, I think my news agent. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. please. Yeah, so I would have been reading 2000 AD before uh, before Star Lord, and uh, uh, it would I would have picked it up from a, a news agent, local news agent, Mark's news agent, and uh, I think he would have told me that there's a new comic, which was Star Lord, and it was really attractive. It was really glossy, just slightly mm-hmm. different to 2000 AD, which yeah. was um, it was, wasn't like this at all. It was pr- pretty dreary compared to Star Lord, <laughs> uh, although what was inside was was excellent. Um, yeah, and I just started reading that as well, and it was just – I loved it from the very beginning. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk through it as we go through it, but it had a lot of the same ingredients as 2000 AD, a lot of the same tropes. Mm. And uh, uh, for me, as a, oh, I was 10, just turned 10. 
Great. Right. It, was, it was absolutely spot on. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're getting, we're getting to it as we go along, but that's basically where I was. So I would have got it from number one, and I, I can't remember what what uh, sticker it was I would have got. Something like a tank commander. I was into tanks at the time. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there you go. even if you don't have your original sticker, I officially name you a <laughs> robot regiment controller in Star-Lord's oh. Army. Okay. Damn. Everyone's coming on, getting their um, name uh, commemorated. All right, so a big cover, two-part cover. Like someone, like someone said it, like a Steve Green said in the in the chat, uh, Brian Ballin drawing some time quake stuff here. Two parts. First, we got the free gift, the space calculator, and then uh. the giant droon face looking over our time quake friends. Look out, guys! Time space calculator, space. Yeah calculator yeah oh yes yeah. what you know this basically is, you don't calculate this is space? unexciting <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it is as unexciting as it, as you imagine uh, well that's like the worst gift so basically you, you you line up a oh, go ahead, you please. line up a planet you mm-hmm. line up a planet and it tells you basically what the rotation of the day is how many miles it is from the sun number of moons etc so yeah that's basically it but you're going to need it if you're going to survive yeah that's fair. <laughs> you got to know these facts if you're going to figure out. Like, what if you find yourself on a random planet? You look up in the sky and you're like, oh, man, what I, planet am I on? I, I better see what size. I better see what size the sun is in the sky so I know <laughs> what the planet it's is. A, it's a slightly unambitious because I think it's just. Yeah, it's slightly unambitious, Conrad, uh, because it's our solar system. Um, that's oh, basically wow. it. Well, I mean, they you really- know. I do like how um, one of the one of the very first letters that Star Lord gets takes him to task for having imperial units instead of instead of metric <laughs> in this calculator. For the record, oh, wow! Um, but enough of that. Oh man, these free gifts. This covers, but it pales in comparison to Blueprint One: Mind Wars. Cannot wait for all the mind warring to start. <laughs> script robot Al- or script? I should just there aren't robots here. Script Alan Hebden, art Jesus Redondo, lettering, lettering uh, Pete Knight. Really hard for me to con- n- not call them robots, y'all. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so two classic early 2008 creators who didn't work together a ton in the galaxy's greatest, but go together great here. It's 3000 AD. Screw oh. that other comic. We're in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the human-dominated stellar federation, presumably different from the evil instel fed that Star-Lord fights, but not that much different based on what we're going to see in the course of Mind Wars. But All they're right. locked in war with the evil, with the definitely evil Juggla Empire. Humanity's doing pretty well, but the Juggla home world is unknown. So they're just sort of SWAT and squadrons when they can, but they don't really know where to totally fight. Um, it's got a little baby dragon on his shoulder. What's going on? That guy's awesome. That's Klee Fang. He's my favorite. <laughs> wow. The on Earth, the Federal Controller, Dr. Varn, says they got to keep most of their ships are back to protect the home world until they can strike at the home of the Juggler. So it's a cosmic stalemate. The head of the Juggler Empire, Cosmo Nurath, uh, uh, Narutha, I should say, Whoa. is in a similar situation. And we see these guys, they've got like uh, kind of baboon faces, kind of very lizardy. Um, 
And they're also caught in the stalemate. No one really likes it. Um, but he does. But one of his ministers have a plan. They'll hit two likely young humans with primary neural irradiation. What? Oh, always, always works. This yeah. is the key. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just uh, what is primary neural irradiation? Um, I think yeah, <laughs> that's a fair point. It's yeah. a very fair point. <laughs> wow, it gives you it gives you exceptional mental powers. Obviously, yeah. Uh, it's, oh, uh, yeah. later, a, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Sound like a bad. <laughs> on the on the, hold on, buddy. This is this is the story on the on the peaceful world of Volkrugen. Brother and oh. sister Arlen and Ardeni are hanging out, swimming in a space pool. Oh my! Back. <laughs> and are yes, they? Yes, rather. I oh. think as a ten-year-old that would have passed me by, but no, looking at it now, it's quite suggestive, isn't it? I yeah. can't like like. <laughs> You know, this is the this is the the, the dichotomy of mind wars. Because on one side, our Denny is a really awesome, like what we'd call like a a strong female character in 2020. But on the other hand, like she does get naked a fair amount in the course of mind wars. Like this, <laughs> this is the this is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right, but. Yeah. As they're, they're, they're brother, as brother and sister, they're quite intimate, aren't they? They, oh, they man. hang out. They don't even know. But so the juggle, so the juggler. Oh, geez, hit them with the irradiation. Oh no! Everything blows up. Destroy their what? house. Irradiate. Wait, radiation doesn't explode things. They though. blow up the teen's house and then they come down and blast them with the irradiation. Primary uh, neural yeah. irradiation has been absorbed <laughs> into their bodies. <laughs> Do you know what? Just a couple of things I'd say about this. Do you, I, I remember when I was a kid, these these um, juggler, or juggler, they mm. always reminded me of the um, the apes from um, from Planet of the Apes. No, 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 no. Oh. Do, you know, do you remember the little monkeys, the witches' monkeys from Planet from from um, Wizard of Oz? Oh, yeah, 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 the flying monkeys. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the flying monkeys. They remind me of those, and that's all. Like, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. I can see that for sure. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, because they they were people like in this like intense amount of makeup, they definitely have that look. Yeah. I will say this is the start of the um, of Mind Wars inevitable uh, comparisons to Star Wars. Very Star uh, Wars influenced is Mind Wars, starting from the childhood home being blown up and parents killed and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So. The twins absorb this irradiation, I guess, but then a human <clears throat> interceptor's coming out after them, and we get the first of a uh, Mind Wars um, um, classic, which is basically in Mind Wars, pretty much all the ships can explode into smaller ships. Uh, what? We see that here oh, as this interceptor blows a bunch of uh, smaller, like, missile ships off to take out this juggler thing. It hits it. Instant fusion! Or fission. Oh, you know awesome. what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back on the ground, the siblings are waking up and they see one of the pods from the ship sort of crashing down on them. But as it goes to hit them, Arlen acts fast and levitates the ship out of danger with his mind. I, I mean, he just, I guess, I, he knew that he could do that. He just does it automatically, you know? Mm. Yeah. A few minutes I later, the authorities arrive. They announce the pilot of the ship is dead. 
Uh, I mean, it was wreckage at the time. <laughs> but our, our Denny won't uh, accept that, so she puts her hand on the pilot's head, and he comes back to life. Oh, my God. This comic is getting... <laughs> Have you noticed the actual shot there? What? Yeah, when she's when she's over here with her with her cleavage, sorry, yeah. it's a piece of salacious, but do you know what I mean? I thought, Good times. Listen, it's like <laughs> exactly. Mind Wars is kind of for the fellas. <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, the kids have have gained great. And by the way, it's just occurred to me. This is very. This is the. Is it just the art, Conrad, or does it just remind me of Return to Armageddon? I mean, oh, that's, yeah. it's, it's very much that's just the Redondo style. Like, Redondo is drawing yeah. the sci-fi fantasy stuff. So there is a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of pieces just like, like, our Denny does have some similarities to, like, Eve, who was, the, you know, the lady at the end of, of Return to Armageddon, for sure. But I think that's more just a, uh, just a, a, a Redondo's pen at, at work here. What gets me is... The guard or the using the grocket and creepies and uh, you know mm. did you notice that yeah oh yeah it's very uh but even as a kid that, that would have been very american to to me yeah <laughs> uh was well, not it's not english at all mm, oh, yeah, very tough guys yeah so <laughs> you know, um the kids have, have you, gained huge power it must be juggler base they probably killed their own parents all those jerks but our denny <laughs> won't accept this slander so instead she turns her baleful eyes on the soldier gonna see this kind of thing a lot in the course of mind wars <laughs> and then in his gun burns white hot but luckily another soldier's there hits both the kids with a stun ray there's only one thing to do and that's send them to a planetary inquisition because then we'll find out where up what they're up to and when they do they'll wish they'd never been born next time oh, on I mean, mind that's, wars that's it. <laughs> what a great thing to do to children always my mind i'm losing my mind oh. <laughs> crazy mind wars I action it is. It's, quite, it's quite a good one. But so the, the, I know it's like going back to the language aspect that you can see that uh, the editor who's who who edited Star Lord? Uh, Ke- um, Ke- Kelvin Gosnell was, uh, is, is Kelvin Gosnell. Just, yeah, and two thousand eighty at this time. Yeah, he was trying to develop their own language again, like Grokin. Or did we didn't have that in two thousand eighty? I'm sure, did we? And we mm-hmm. had a creepy. We had creepies. Are we had creepies yet? I don't know. I don't. I don't, I, so. I, I, don't, I don't remember that one very well. Again, it's very much remembering back to 1970 to, to 1978 in those early. No, so we certainly wouldn't show. use that. That wasn't that wasn't a common term at all. Interesting. At all. Nah. Okay. Yeah. So love it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So let's go to our next story. Blueprint two. Time quake. <laughs> oh man, frogs with teeth and forearms. Script: Chris Louders, Jack Adrian, Art: John Cooper, letting, lettering: Peter Knight. Story starts. We got a color spread. Uh, some good second second person narration as the druids arrive and start wrecking shop. We get a repeat of poor old Marcus getting basically. Or no, <laughs> he doesn't even get mentioned. Just this team has always just had three people on it. Guys. He's dead now. He doesn't exist anymore. That's right. Uh, blocker rolls over the. Um, Blocker sort of rolls over to the rest of the humans. Vinda pulls a switch surrounding the crew in a force field, but they'll have to leave it at some point to get to the time warp or to escape. I mean, they could use their time straps, their wrist things, which can warp them up to 500 years away, but need an hour to recharge. That's not really helpful 85 million years ago, basically. So is it so is it like 500 years away from your current present position? So you'd have to like wait an hour and then jump another 500? Yeah. So not yeah. really a so, so you can't really go anywhere when you're 85 million years in the past, you know. 
Uh, gotta wait a lot of hours. Yeah. <laughs> Blocker gets a strap and then has an idea. He turns off the force field outside the time station, letting that sweet Tyrannosaur from last oh, issue God. in. So I, tell you, I, I, I absolutely love this when I was a kid, just seeing just seeing the drone in the hands of the Tyrannosaur. Oh, getting Definitely. ripped apart. Yeah, it starts <laughs> running amok. We see him like eating a dude here. It's pretty solid. And then Blocker what? sticks his uh, cig- 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 cigar up his nostril. Oh, like, this, oh Definitely. Like, That's a power move. Oh, yeah. That's a power move. <laughs> but do you know, do, by yeah. the way, but did you notice, I don't know if you picked this up, isn't Blocker very much like Savage? Oh, I mean, got a very savage so feel for sure. Did you say that in the first episode? The first? No, I, 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 th- I think we we might have mentioned it a little bit, but um, yeah. definitely not. Definitely like 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 not extensive. But this one definitely does feel like um, like savage it with time travel for sure. <laughs> a man yeah, out catch- of time, out of yeah. space. Well, he's got all these. He's got all the savage moves. He's like this normal guy, but he's doing all these great things, heroic things, you know. And the yeah. way he speaks as well, you catch on fast, sunshine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's so right. instead of driving a truck, he drives a boat. Oh man! <laughs> Other than that, he's the same. Yeah, yeah. Definitely cut from that same dredger, savage blocker. Uh, uh, oh, uh, dredger, cloth. dredger. <laughs> um, exactly. Do you know what he does? It. He looks like dredger, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean that they all do. They're all these, all these, all these, all these dark-haired kind of working-class Brits that punch first and ask questions rarely. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so they manage to um, clear the way to the time portal. They warp to another time base, one that's already been attacked by the Droon. Um, and oh, the Droon okay. will be hot on their heels coming through the time warp thing. So Blocker puts a table and a filing cabinet right in the area where this is brilliant. The time guys are where the time uh, 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 a portal is going to come in. Oh no! And when they do, they just warp right into the middle of it. Oh jeez. <laughs> Oh, oh I could, do you know what? I have got a spot of time. I remember this panel. I loved it. It was just brilliant. <laughs> Very yeah. good. I love when, when people just just warp in through things. Always fun. But not only is he actually um, yeah, he materialized inside the cabinets, he also explodes as well. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> The crew stumbles out of the base and into oh, 17th century London, as you do. Uh, Block oh. wants to know how that uh, droon that he jabbed the cigar into its nose knew his name. It, it knew that he was named Blocker, and that's weird. I mean, I feel like they, they're time people. They've got that on lock. You'd think so, but still. Um, uh, yeah, and Vindus says that the droon must have met him in the future or something like that, the real one where everything or works. Chat, right? Yeah, and explains that, you know, you know and they, or, or sorry, I just want to say they, they quickly re-explained the plot, just that uh, Blocker ferried the assassin that called World, World War Three. What's that, James? No, I was saying that, um, no, I'll wait you get to the end, actually, and I'll say what I was going to say, because, uh, right. yeah, sorry. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So... We quickly learn, like um, as they as they get to moving, they see that 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 these t- time base is on Pudding Lane and it's 17th century London. So that means that this fire that from the explosion of the time base caused the Great London Fire. Oh no! Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the time. What I was going to say. I mean, we've seen this so many times in time travel things, but I remember I remember as a kid loving the American TV series Time Tunnel. 
Do you have two points? Oh, I don't that know one? if I remember that one. I've never heard of it. Definitely before, before my time, so, just because. If, do, do look it up, but it's from the 60s. It's all on the Twilight Zone era. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, these two guys would, it's in a seat. I love the opening. They would go to this de- uh, secret base in the desert in, in America, Arizona somewhere, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'd be this big time tunnel, which would take them to different places in history. But this is very much, you know how like, the comics used to pick up on things that were popular at the time? Mm. Oh, yeah. Of course, we were getting those. But I definitely remember reruns of Time Tunnel in the seventies, which is fantastic. Uh, but yeah. I love the ending as well because uh, it's in the same 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 way. The ending with the uh, for uh, for us St Paul's Cathedral, that is, it's a bit like the end of Planet of the Apes, isn't it? When you see the statue, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. So they they you use know, their great their... tribe, but uh, this is just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to talk over you too yeah. much. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not at all, but uh, okay. I'm just saying this, this. This wouldn't have, um, although I wouldn't have at the time been able to articulate any of that. Mm-hmm. Would have appreciated it as a kid because it was, it was it was part of what we were consuming. Yeah, Absolutely. so they were they were pretty much they were on the pulse of kind of that that sci-fi consumption that was going on at the time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, right. I think they're definitely trying to get in there for sure. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, any <laughs> angle. But yeah. still, kids like me would have been lapping it up really. Yeah. Totally. So they hit their their time straps and warp to the fe- tonight back to 1978, and as the, you know, Walker realizes it. And so as they arrive, they're in the remains of 1978 London. It's a mess. And now that we've seen that, it's time to stop it from happening. Next time on Timequake. Now I know what it feels like to blow a fuse. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I feel like the main goal of them the whole time was to stop it from ever happening. I mean, it's very much like, oh, maybe you missed the first issue, so we're going to do uh, a lot you. of like uh, yeah, recapping yeah. just so we know wh- where we're going from here. You know, I forgot that's a very that that was very remember, much. Remember, it's a week later, yeah. and not everyone's guaranteed to have bought the initial thing. You know, that takes us to our first Starfax here. Hail Star Troopers! Uh, Star Lord explains oh, the uh, free God, prize so which we talked about prints. this calculator how to use it, all that stuff. And then on the opposite page is a multiple choice test for robot regiment controllers like James. Oh, man. Well, you know, I actually got 27 out of 30 when oh, I did this. My. Oh, my. But you know, what I know, what can I say? But basically, <laughs> I thought that I, I lost regiment. an arm. And instead of actually... I. Yeah, I thought I sh- I thought I should just staunch it with a medikit, but in fact, I should have actually uh, taken a, a spare arm from one of my droids. Ooh, Bad move. It's a big, oh, big man. problem. With these- Re- recycle <laughs> your friends. Yeah, come on, exactly. get out of here. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm, I'm I'm glad you took it. I was sort of thinking, oh, could we could we take this as a group? But it's it, it, it oh, would sorry. take a while to read them all out just because there's a lot of words and stuff like that. Maybe later. There is. There is. There's, yeah, as Fox would say, it's far too many words. Yeah, it is too far many. too many words. That is Hate correct. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's <laughs> let's tune the words down and get back to action here with Blueprint Three, Strontium Dog. Oh, just enough. Come on, there we go. <laughs> uh, Scripted by John Wagner, Stevie Grover, art by Carlos Escarra, learning about Jack Potter. So we start off with a bit of history of the mutant people in this world. Again, like the story that we've sort of seen a billion times now, Great War in 2150 caused Strontium-90 mm-hmm. to spread all over the world, causing mass mutation in humans. They're heavily discriminated against, but um, 
you know, eventually they're the uh, strongest of the mutants are brought on as bounty hunters, search destroy agents, also known derogatorily as strontium dogs. Johnny Alpha and Wolf are following the info they got last issue to go after the evil Max Quirk. They burst into Suite 1A, but Max is waiting for him. And he's got a sweet kind of mustache handlebar. Kind oh, of handlebar man. Mustache yeah, I like that. We can see again this this Ascara coloring with these really strong reds and purples and yellows and stuff like that as well. Yeah, this this pink suit is so great. Ugh. He's living it up. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, they, yeah, um, he escapes. Johnny uh, grazes him with a stun beam because he's got to be brought in alive. But Max um, explains that he blew up a city with a P-bomb. So they not will good. give him the – they'll execute him when they get him back, basically. So, you know, he's not – In, in the vapor chamber. That's the worst place. I've got to say – yeah, Go. I've got to say, just just to, just to uh, interject here. Please. Straight away, straight away, Strontium Dog was – awesome for me oh you know, hell yeah. i mean just like judge dread became great in 2000 AD. in this strontium dog from the very first episode mm-hmm. in the first this was just great the whole imagery of it all as well the way it's presented look at him just stood there you know just Definitely. something about him it's a really iconic character yeah i mean and, and for yeah. me ahead, sorry please. for me as a kid as well i think the remember who this is aimed at it's aimed at you know the kids mm-hmm. of that age usually boys the 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 sort of like the dichotomy of the norms and you know and the freaks and the muties mm-hmm. it was really easy to access uh, and so really clear so i loved it absolutely so yeah no i think like yeah. like i said last hour of strontium dog feels very fully formed like this could be yes like this is just sort of you know it's more monster of the week stuff but it is very much the strontium dog we're familiar with as, as time goes by and carlos is very interesting just well. some yeah. amazing characters absolutely yeah and it's very interesting how so much of what later became, you know, um, fully formed, in, like in the mutant wars and everything else, uh, and the revolution is here. Yeah, um, it's already there, straight Absolutely. straight out of the straight straight out of the first progs. It's brilliant. It's not the weaponry as well, as you say, fully formed. Oh yeah, oh definitely, yeah. So Max bursts through an apartment window where a mom and her kid are talking to truancy robots. Max takes them <laughs> hostage, but Johnny has a plan. He looks through the wall with his alpha vision, readies a time bomb, and tosses it in. Hell yeah! Classic time bomb stuff. Quirks no, disappears. Just, no. Oh good. No, I love this because uh, I'm, I'm a teacher myself. I love what it says. This right. So I, I, we need a few droids to go around the houses and sort the kids out, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, I love this here. Your child missed four days at preconditioning school. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get ready. Yeah, that's you know the I mean? answer. Oh, it's that's like, so great. Oh, I love it. Okay, and but um, but also I did, I did, did appreciate that. This all like really officious droid. But, did, but is it my imagination, or did like, I remember when Johnny starts off? He's got these. He's a, he's got this ability to see through walls. Mm-hmm. He can. Um, he can. Um, he can uh, get go into the mind of the recently dead Canty. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he does that in the first episode, doesn't last he? Last time we saw him use a, a time thing to bring a dead guy back to life and then right. read his mind. I don't think he can actually do That's it right. to the dead at this point. We haven't seen that, but he can make you not dead periodically and then read <laughs> right. your mind and then you die again. Did, did, but the thing is, is it my imagination? Did he sort of like, did the strips sort of like reduce that as it went along? It just, it, it, it wasn't, you know, 
later on, he didn't really use much of him to be able to see through walls and things like that. Or am I yeah, imagining that? No, I mean, I think like he still kind of has the alpha vision, but I think it becomes less um, less of a main feature. Like he's he becomes less of a superhero, I guess, as time goes. Yeah, by. that's what it is. Yeah, because these yeah. early ones are very superhero-y where Johnny Alpha has these eye abilities, and that's the that that's the key. But um, mm. later, like he has occasionally. I mean, even in the fi- even in like the final solution, he's using his eyes to to scan that Lyran, you know, the big demon, and then mm. because of that, like he has some problems with them. But yeah. um, but they're still like you know, but they they're, they're definitely less less emphasized. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, this definitely feels like I, I we need to hit the checkbox for time based awesome uh, thing that we use and nice. a little bit of powers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so uh, he uses the uh, the time bomb classic strontium dog time bomb. I my love, my favorite thing where Quirk disappears and reappears two days later in deep space because the planet's moved on. All that remains is a frozen solid uh, Max and the truancy robot demanding answers. <laughs> <laughs> explain, explain. I always love that uh, in Strontium Dog, traveling through time doesn't necessarily mean traveling in space. So uh, back yeah. on the planet. <laughs> um, oh my God, where am I? Yeah, back on the planet, the mom thanks Johnny for helping him, but then stops when she realizes that he's a nasty mutant. The kid is much nicer, though, and thanks him fully. <laughs> At the uh, police HQ, Johnny gets his blood money and is told not to come uh, back. Wait, what? They hire him. They put out the bounty. <laughs> you can't then chastise a bounty hunter for t- collecting a bounty. Yeah, they can, man. They don't like your type yes. around here, you know? Right. Um, on the way out, Wolf and Johnny complain about their general treatment. They don't want these jerks' money. So instead, they just toss their fat stacks of bills into the uh, into the cap of a nearby mutant space beggar. It's a good cause. It's in a good cause now. Yeah. He seems to do that for every great payout they get. They always give it away, don't they? Definitely. It's a very, very A-team sort of move where, you know, the big payouts they end up giving back to the town or something like that for sure. Unless they go on a gambling party spree. But even when they did the gambling party spree, they ended up giving all their money to those Milton Keynes guys that were trying to earn money for the town, you know? Yeah. Next time on Strontium Dog, excitement's is bad for our poor hearts is. Grog. It's a grog. That's an exciting review. I got to say, boys, I almost feel the same way about the grog as I do sorry cut out oh I don't know I, I, I almost feel the same way about the Gronk as I do about Walter oh I no that, time I, did I I do not blame for that I I see where that 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 logic is coming from and I respect it because <sighs> I hate Walter the robot listen I hate yep. Walter too but I like the Gronk <laughs> man he's fun <laughs> no. maybe maybe he oh, does, do you know what I, I feel I, like I, I feel, just, yeah. go ahead sorry no, so what, what I remember once though we had a at school. So it would have been at this time, about ten years. Old, we had to do a, a story, and I'd have a monster in it. And I, I you know, I, I just <laughs> and uh, so um, I used the Gronk as my monster. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, like I just, I just feel like, like for teacher, me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, no, it's okay. Because first of all, I put down, uh, I, I, I didn't care about school, to tell you the truth. I mean, sure. I might be a teacher now, but I didn't care about school. <laughs> and I said to my mum, look, I've got to do this story. For, she said, just put down the Jabberwocky. <laughs> so wow. I said, and I had no idea what the Jabberwocky was, you see. I was only 10. Right. <laughs> yeah. I no so I took it in and the teacher said, that's not original. Do you know what I mean? You've got to do that again. <laughs> so I went home, picked up the comic, and first thing I saw was the Gronk. Put that in there. Nice. Described it. I got, I think, I got, four, I got four marks. So it was good. Good time. Hey, <laughs> someone wasn't reading comic books. These, these, these exactly. Adults, you know, I was just going to say well, that. She... Oh, good. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that. That I, I, I think for me the big difference is that in those early days of 2000 AD, they were just trying to give us Walter all over the place. Like I feel like he was yeah. really omnipresent in the comic, which I think really added to my dislike of him over the Gronk, who's still, who, you know, who mostly just hangs out in Strontium Dog and is silly as opposed to being like a full like like uh like like mascot for the comic the way that walter was i guess that robot i'm so glad he's gone indeed but let's keep moving and go to blueprint for planet of the damned ray barbarism script pat mills is re right art pena letting robot tom frame on the strange war on the strange other world on the other side of the Bermuda Triangle, some clouds are rolling in as the survivors uh, huddle in a cave. It starts <laughs> to rain and starved for water. Oh, he literally is doing the singing in the rain bed. Yeah, listen, um, a dude runs out, going full Gene Kelly, but he can barely get a stanza of "I'm singing in the rain" oh, going. Face. Before the acid, the rain is clearly 100% acid. He quickly peels <laughs> down to a skeleton. I mean, God, awesome. Instantly. Yeah, it's oh. brilliant. But oh. you know what? Uh, I don't know. I didn't hear your first hour, what you're talking about. But uh, this, uh, I did catch the last bit of your of your previous episode. Mm-hmm. And did you vote this one, the, the least favorite? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is our bottom thrill for sure. Well, I thought this was just, at the time, this was great. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Because... And I'll tell you why, because first of all, the deaths in in, in Planet of the Damned are great. <laughs> there are I mean, some this is just, extreme deaths. You've got to appreciate, when, when we're reading comics, the, we read Action, 2000 AD, mm-hmm. and this, and we just, the main, I don't really care about stories. I just cared about people dying yeah. know, in the most <laughs> horrific ways, you know. And this gave it to me straight away. Look at that, look at that page. It's just That's all so there. Oh, you know? for sure, yeah. all but, coming um, out. This melty yeah, dude, but, for sure. But we had... Um, do you remember? Do you ever heard of that out that author in the seventies called Von Daniken, Eric Von Daniken? Yeah, uh, uh, was it uh, Ch- uh, Cherry of, of the Gods? Yeah, ancient Cher- alien stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. It did various check gold of the gods, yeah. and he had all these alien alien conspiracies and these sorts of stuff as well. But he was huge, and of course the Bermuda Triangle was huge as well at the time. Mm. I I remember went to the cinema and saw a film called the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, it was great. So when this came along. Again, it's just tapping into that whole milieu of you know of conspiracy and everything else. So it's brilliant. Um, yeah, but that acid is that some strong acid, isn't it? It's oh yeah, beautiful. The toughest. It's stuff. so beautiful. I love them. Oh. Which is well afterwards when the acid the, the acid rain finishes, they're able to walk out in the acid rain. So, <laughs> yeah. You know where it's been. <laughs> it, listen, yeah. it, it gets absorbed quickly. It's a sponge-like it surface of a planet. 
Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You know, that's the key. It's so right. They're just able to walk around. Hey, it's that barbarian lifestyle, you know? So Flint calls this guy a fool. It's hard to disagree. We learned that he got warped here from 150 years ago. So time is out of joint here as well. Just FYI. Um, They're making their way to a place called Sanctuary as the Statler and and Waldorf of this new world. Uh, Businessman (laughs) Kerr and sci-fi writer Hackman complain. Um... They, I don't even want to be a barbarian. <laughs> I need to die. They they oh. march their way through the beating sun, Flint pushing them onwards. Eventually, though, they do arrive at a stream of drinkable water. Hooray. Um, and not acid water. When they time, do, thankfully. everyone takes a break. Flint warns them to just drink the water, not mess with anything else. So, of course, a lady named Helen immediately spots some kind of mongoose lizard and goes to hug it. I'm going to move over here so everybody can see it. Um, so and it great. turns out to be a scary bloat Isn't monster that attacks her. Oh, no. Like her face. It's just eating her face. You see what I mean, Fox? It's just so so good, isn't it? It's, I love the teeth. It, it has that very, um, uh, what was the the movie? Was it the Dark Crystal? That ah. thing with the giant mouth. <laughs> they also, they, they used it as well in um, Galaxy Quest. Remember when they're on that? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, what, what, when I remember as a kid, at this, at this time as well, I, they were doing reruns of like sci-fi and horror films on the BBC or wherever it was. Mm-hmm. And they showed, late at night, I managed to see it, Barbarella. Oh, no. And do you remember the bit? Barbarella with the dolls with the teeth when they're coming at her. Do you remember I think that so. Bit? It's been a while since I've seen Barbarella. I got to say, it's I remember some, the, 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 uh, the sex organ. That's the big one. I, that's the big part I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see, as a kid, that, again, that passed sure. by. But, like, but <laughs> oh, as a kid, it, yeah, it was... They're a, like Chinese dolls. On, well, they're like regular dolls, but they just start opening up with the sharp teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, I remember at the time, this, that's all mixed up in this, the whole imagery of this, you know, mm. these cute things with these fangs that can rip your face off. Love it. <laughs> Definitely. So the It's other- tearing out your ribbons. <laughs> the others are are helpless to help this lady until Flint finally shows up and just 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 axes it off her face, basically, <laughs> and then um, eats it. He he starts eating it. Curse freaked out by the gaucheness. Uh, meanwhile, the lady Flint, the uh, lady Helen, has died of shock, as you do. All right. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, Kerr has had enough of this. He's headed back to the plane. They'll wait to be rescued. This can't be another planet. That's just dumb. And we're I got a half page ad here for Strontium Dog on this page. What is yeah, yeah. a Gronk? Who is Papa Porca? And Whoa. then sort of for this game, Star Blast, which we'll see next uh, next issue. Another one of these giant multi-issue board games that they have in these 70s oh, comics and oh stuff. Oh, no. That's so great. I love it. I miss the 70s comics, man. <laughs> Listen, it's a whole thing, you know? It's the Wild uh, West of bizarre things. Definitely. A bunch of folks head off with Kerr into the wilderness, and Flint says, let them go. But they're immediately attacked by a band of abhumans. Oh, geez. Uh, Flint, because they're close enough, goes to help yes. them. He kills one, and they return to the others just in time to see that hundreds of abhumans are on their way to kill them all. Next time. Not enough axes. Definitely. Next time, out of the way, kids, Charlie's angels are coming through. Oh, please say it's the real Charlie's Angels. Sad. (laughs) Sadly, not. Instead, it's just a more complicated thing. (laughs) And I have to say, again, I don't know what you thought about the design of those ab humans, but I thought they were great. It's a really weird 
They're gross skin sacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're really oh, like baggy and, and, and gross pretty much. Yeah, I love I it. I like it. Good bad guy design. Definitely. Mm. And that takes us to our final story, Blueprint 5, Robusters. Oh, uh, yeah, baby. Yeah, script robot, Pat Mills, art robot. Oh, my God. Just just, just, just writers. Just script, Pat Mills, art, Carlos Spino, letting robot, Peter Knight. On Devil's Island, 28 miles off the South American coast, the Praying Mantis lands. It's the most advanced multi-role rescue vehicle in the, in, the, in the world, and it's made up of smaller ships that can do a bunch of extra stuff. Hell yeah, it's a playset. Definitely. It is. It's Thunderbirds. It's lovely. Love, I love that. Oh, it. yeah. It's 100% it's Thunderbirds. But you know what? Didn't um, They didn't really use the Praying Mantis enough, I thought. Uh, but mm. I think later on we got a, like, a... I'm going to get a... If I stand corrected, I'm fine, but I'm sure we got a cross section at some point. Oh yeah, you know, well, like that's the that was always the big joke about Robusters to me was that when it came to 2000 AD, they ha- did like a six week series of cutaway schematics of all yeah. the different pieces of the Praying Mantis. The right. Praying Mantis hadn't appeared in 2000 AD yet, and when it finally did, after like months of showing all the different pieces, it was in Rise and Fall of Robot of Rojas and Hammerstein, so it was immediately destroyed. <laughs> Like, oh, so crazy. Um, this, so, um, yeah, this opening section calls it the locust several times, but I'd say not to worry about that. Um, all the right. craft is being refueled and prepped for launch by all the robots as Howard, as we see Howard Quartz walking around trying to sell the sell this ship. Um, to a general with a Starfleet emblem on his chest. It's the Space Force! Uh, 10% <laughs> off for germ warfare disasters. 5% for uh, atomic explosions. Definitely. Quartz <laughs> uh, explains the Robusters are great because they're all robots, so it doesn't matter if they live or die. Uh, wow. Meanwhile, the robot staff is talking amongst themselves. We got some back-ish, some, some, some backstory here. We learned that uh, Rojaw's was a war droid and we see his previous head and stuff like that um he he killed untold number of humans until his first head was blown off by a lazooka and it seems that um you know even in the military he dealt with some anti-robot sentiment oh geez he killed the dude that blew off his head with his bare hands and then almost kills rojas reenacting it i mean can't kill rojas yeah. next you thick Totally. Barely has one. <laughs> it's really just a cylinder with wonderful face. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that robot. Mechquake says he'd like to be in war. And listen, he'll get his chance at some point. Big war! In the far future, you know. <laughs> oh, big God. jobs. Yeah. 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 Be doing Page some nemesis. Real big jobs. That's right. At the same time... I'm talking about Star Wars. You go up, sorry. Oh, yeah, listen. Like, it's all Star Wars related. I'm just saying that, like, you know, eventually Mechquake will become a giant war mech in the pages of Nemesis. <laughs> um, at the same time, Quartz is giving the grand tour. An army lady thinks Rojas is cute. And we're going to be hearing that a lot as time goes by, I must he say. Because he is adorable and he smells like vomit and poop. Definitely. Quartz tells these bots to, to shove off and the boys wonder what the next disaster will be. Speaking of which, 100 miles away, a strange red mist falls oh. over an alligator ranch what? in Florida. This is what you guys were talking about before. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this isn't real. Yeah, it is. Come on. Where do you think? They get the leather for oh. your beloved handbags and fancy boots, Fox. Alligator Ranch is the answer. 
I don't think it looks like this though. <laughs> alligator shirts. Thank you very much. Ooh. Um, the Liz, the the alligators start to swarm. Both the gators and the humans nearby are going kill crazy. Oh no. Wow. Back at Robuster's base, Quartz. Um, um, oh, he's got a rainbow phone set. Yeah, that's well, great. that's that's how he knows what line you're calling him on. They're in color. How, you know? how big the job is. I got to call on. I, I got to call on Green for you. You know. That's so amazing. But yeah, Quartz gets a call on his orange phone for the general. A dangerous insanity gas has been dumped in the Florida swamps. Has been has leaked out. Everybody's going crazy because of it. It sounds like a perfect it's job. Insanity gas. There was a war, you know. They built yeah. like it's left probably left over from the one uh, 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 Hammerstein fought in against the Volgans. Will later retcon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But this is a perfect job for the robust for for the robusters. Next time, I'm going after that giant gator. Oh, awesome! And with that, yeah, again, oh, sorry, please. Oh, yep. Yeah. No, no, carry on. Oh, no, I was going to say. With that, we finished our story, our blueprints for the second issue of Star Lord. Oh man, <laughs> fantastic! And with that, I have one question for you. Let's start with James. I must say. Yeah. What were your top and bottom blueprints for this for this issue? Well, I gotta say, I'm gonna put my ten year old head on now, yeah. Please. So, so as a ten year old, I think the the one I would have least enjoyed would probably be mine. Um, oh, yeah, I really? think it's, yeah. Nice. No, that's fair yeah, for I think sure. Because so. you know, yeah, you got you got these. She, she, she controls the ship, and uh, she wakes up the dead, and. Everything else, but there's not enough gore in there, really, to mm. me. I mean, that's <laughs> fair. I mean? Not enough. So, that violence. is fair. It's just simply not. You know, you need you need a so time quake was brilliant. I love the drones, uh, the cigar in the nostril, and the uh, appearing in the box. That was great. Love that strontium dog was really really good. Robusters, I, I was was was, um, was good too. I like that describing how. But my top thrill would be Planet of the Damned. Nice. Oh, yeah, buddy. I love Planet of the Damp. That's really, really good. Um, and that was the top through Planet of the Damp, bottom through Mind Wars. There you go. But the oh, others right. were close. Were close. How about you? Oh man, Fox. How about you? What's your what's your top and what's your tops Ooh. and bots for this one? I am, I am gonna say my bottom. I'm gonna I'm gonna join you and I'm gonna put Mind Wars in there. It's on setup oh, no. mode right now. It is. It uh, is the first I'm, issue for sure. Yeah, I'm all I'm all into this. Uh, you know, doing psychic things seems kind of neat. I like missile ships. Uh, weird incest I could do without. Mm. Um, but you know, it's pretty good. But my top babies is gonna be fucking time quake. Uh, a man uh, unfreezes a giant T Rex that then eats mm. another man mm. and then An sticks alien a cigar. Man. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the classic uh, uh, um, uh, Bill Savage conundrum that I have here. Mm. He is just killing people with inanimate shit or a T Rex. It's that, that big explosion. Yeah, when they warp into that filing cabinet, that's a real solid moment for sure. <laughs> the only the only negative I'll say is that there's a little too much exposition for my liking. But again, mm. I think that's just the nature of getting people. Yeah, people very much it. a symptom of that of issue two, I think. Mm -hmm. Conrad, Ooh. give me them tops and bots, baby. Oh, buddy. Um, 
I think I'll join everybody, or I'll uh, I'll join James with with a Planet of the Damned as my top. Um, really pulled it out here, just with various gruesome murders. Excellent stuff. Hey, you know, yeah. That guy, he sang "Singing in the Rain" and then he melted for acid. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you want. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> more than that. Yeah. Um, and then the crazy alien eating that lady's face. That's real awesome too. And <sighs> then just ab human swarm. So this this is great. Just yeah, slapstick murder that I really appreciate. Um, for bottom, I'm gonna say Robusters this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very much a setup. You know, just like they spend a lot of time talking about the praying mantis. A lot of time to sort of talk <laughs> about the idea of Robusters and stuff. We kind of didn't get to the actual start of a mission until the last two pages. So. It's not really doing it for me at this at this moment, but ready to have it pulled out once these gators start biting people. That's what I'm interested in. Oh man, going gator crazy! <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. Okay, fantastic. Ah, uh, thanks so much uh, for for coming in, James. Absolutely, really appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure, and good to meet you, Fox. Man, good to meet you too. Definitely, this is this is fun. I'm really enjoying this, like uh, this 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 extra this extra funny. Plus, I got to learn a bunch. I, I mean, I, I you know, Conrad's usually the one giving me the history lesson, so it's really neat meeting you, man. And and really fun to kind of share this with you. Yeah, many more yeah, to come for sure. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. <laughs> no, just talk. saying. While you're both on, absolutely love the podcast. Keep it up. It's fantastic. Cheers, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Um, if you like what you're hearing, you can check out our weekly podcast about 2000 AD on your favorite podcast provider. If you came by in here by accident, I guess. You can contact us at spacebinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages, Twitter at spacebinner2k, everything else at spacebinner2000. You'll find us there. If you'd really like to support us, and we truly appreciate it, feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Cradleline. That's our podcast network. And check out the links to collected editions of the comics that we're talking about below. There are amazing works, awesome artists, worth your time. James, hey. where can we find you on the internet if you'd like to be found? Uh nowhere <laughs> fair anonymity super fair <laughs> no you can if you want to but nothing i don't do anything 2000 related apart from this mm. so uh fair. yeah fair all right but, uh, all right i've got yeah that's about it really yeah but uh, <laughs> you know love what you do thank you very much for inviting me that was fantastic oh thank yeah, you so great. much for coming yeah. on in our second hour getting this kicked off and yeah, um, yeah. everyone else come back next yeah. hour as okay, uh, as Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, finishing up. Come back next time as Time Quake meets Time Cop. Robusters meets some loonies. Planet of the Damned meets some soldiers. Mind War meets a, a, a courtroom. And Johnny Alpha and Wolf meet the Gronk. <laughs> Until then, I'm Conrad, there, Fox, and James, and we are the Space Spinner Star Lordathon. Keep watching the skies. Watching the skies. That's it. That's yeah, the one. You got it. Hail, Star Troopers. My name, yeah, my name is Conrad. It's 6 a.m. in Los Angeles, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the third hour of the Space Spinner Star Lordathon, a live stream where two Americans discuss the UK sci-fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. This hour, 
We're covering Star-Lord issue 3, cover date May 27, 1978. And this, and this time, the Mind War goes on trial. The Planet of the Damned gets an army. The Strontium Dogs go on a trip. Robusters visit the Swamp. And Timequake finishes its first adventure. You can find the comics we're covering today in the Strontium Dog SDH Files 1, uh, Robusters Volume 1, Planet of the Damned Collection, and the Judge Dredd Magazine number 408 and 409. In this episode, we're joined by Richard Sheaf of the Boys Adventure Comics blog. Welcome aboard! Hey guys, fantastic to be here. Oh yeah! Yeah, absolutely. I know in, in your blog you talk a lot about um, the uh, the the history of UK comics um, um, in in specific, and I know you you've talked a little bit about Star Lord. Um, can you talk? Can you share your Star Lord history with us? Uh, so, so I didn't read Star Lord when it came out. I, I was I was uh, too young. I'd have been uh, about <laughs> two and a half when it came out. Hey, uh, I wasn't born yet myself, so I can I can empathize. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I guess so. The comic I, you know, the comic uh, I read when I was growing up uh, was Eagle. It wasn't 2000 mm-hmm. AD. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, but I became interested in like the history of British comics and you know how everything tried to sort of fit together. Mm. Uh, and you know, I realised that oh yeah, so all these people working on 2000 AD, quite a lot of them were working on on the new Eagle. And then I just started sort of going backwards a bit and, and collecting comics that, that I hadn't read. At the time, uh, mm-hmm. so obviously, yeah, well, you know, 2000 AD is, you know, is too big for me to collect. You know, I've got, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Just, you know, in terms of physical space, I, I imagine yeah, it's, it's all about the physical space. You know, uh, the spare bedroom in our house, you know, that's okay, that's mine. You know, but it can't be, you know, it can't, I can't, it has to stay in the study. You know, it can't go out, <laughs> leak out of that room. Let's stay here. So, you know, no room for 2000 AD, but Star-Lord on the other hand, oh, it's perfect for me to Oh, play. yeah, no, you um, could fit, fit that in a folder, you know, solid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 20, 21, I think there's, you know, I, I know you guys are going to look at all of them, but I guess, you know, 21, 22 issues, you know, is a 22. classic number of issues for a British comic to last. So many of them last 21, 22 issues. Really? Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, very yeah. much part of why I, why I, I, I decided on, on these live streams because I was like twenty. We could that that's almost exactly a day. Like we can do a do a. <laughs> I can build a stunt around that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll find you. I'll find you some more and let you know. But yeah, it's that whole sort of because you know you're planning six or seven weeks in in advance. Mm-hmm. So it sort of you know gets to the newsstands. You know you get the sales figures in. By the time you get the sales figures back. You know, you try and change things. You then get the sales figures back for when did it work? Oh, it yeah. didn't work. Oh, but we've already got all the stuff ready for the next six issues. Ah, oh, cancel it. So, you know. yeah, hatch, match, dispatch. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we can definitely see. I mean, just in this moment, or as we go through Star Lord, we we, we kind of see those points. I think, like you know, maybe about around nine when all the letters start coming in and stuff. They start getting feedback, and that's when like sort of certain stories change a little bit and things do stuff. It's an interesting evolution for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so, so so I've I've only you know I've, I've come to it you know later on. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you know when I'm going through it, uh, you know I'm looking at going. Ah, oh, you know you got this artist. Ah, oh, you got this artist. Or you know there are you know n- names and styles that I that uh, that you know you really recognise. You go. Oh, hang on. That means that they were doing this before they did that. Uh, so I love filling in all those all those sort of gaps to go. Okay. So before they worked on that story, they worked on this story to try and sort of you know, see how, how it all fits fits together uh and yeah and i chose you know uh this this issue uh you know because the artists involved really you know well yeah there's definitely oh, cool. some good ones in the in, in in here for sure 
So, yeah. uh, all right, awesome. So, welcome aboard. I name you a tank commander in Star Lord's army. Doing <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, so let's jump in here. Uh, this issue is covers by Kev O'Neill doing an excellent space battle as so he does beautiful. so often here. Yeah, it's a great cover. You got all these ships flying around, dogfighting, some bigger ones in the background, Nebula further back, and then just some mentions of this one of these uh, board games that's going to be in this um, in this oh, uh, um, issue for sure. Yeah, um, so yeah, so it's a great cover. It's, it's so detailed, you know. Uh, I love that, you know, the sort of the guy in green, you know. It's so, you know, so precise, uh, you know, everything that's that's going on there. You know, it's a really different absolutely. sort of uh, looking spaceships. You know, it used to be sort of very slick. You know, those sort of you yeah, stand there. You know, that, that's that's my real yeah, that's my real thing, my real love. You know, those lovely sort of slick spaceships that really you know would go through space very beautifully. Uh, but then you come on to other people, you know, like Ian Kennedy, you know, very, very has quite sort of boxy spaceships, you know, they're, they're not quite as sleek, uh, but they really look like they work. Uh, and, and then, yeah, Kev O'Neill, you know, quite, everything's quite spiky with Kev O'Neill, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> lots of spiky stuff going on here. Uh, and yeah, I, I love the way that the pilot is connected to the ship in like about a hundred Different yeah, ways. all these different, uh, all these different wires and cables connecting him and yeah, stuff. He, like, he doesn't even have a, detail, have a canopy sorry. or anything. No, no, but he's in a lot of trouble. That pilot, you know, those <laughs> just those lovely little sort of puffs of air that are coming out of his oxygen tube, you know. Oh, yeah, and that's that bad times. Uh-oh. Yeah, bad times. <laughs> <laughs> Not good times for this pilot. So yeah, it's a, a lovely cover. Absolutely. All right, let's so, so dive in. We got a Starfax right at the start here. Hail Star Whoa. Troopers. <laughs> Uh, Star this one of the few times he's in the in the front cover here actually uh, uh, is Star Lord telling us that the instel fed fears Earth because humans are the best, but we're also under um, interplanetary uh, blockade, so be careful. Um, he says the rules for the Star Blast game are included along with the graph paper board that comes with this issue, but it's not included on my scan, so I'm afraid it's going to be a mystery for us <laughs> as we go forward. So I apologize. We won't be playing a lot. We won't be doing a let's play of uh, Star Blast in the course of oh this one. Oh my god! I apologize. Um, That'd be amazing. Maybe next, you know, maybe maybe twenty fifth hour, someone will help us out, and we can do it then. Uh, oh god. <laughs> But that takes us to Blueprint One, Planet of the Damned. Oh, hell yeah. And it's a Spiri. Definitely. Yeah, we've got a lot of these cool, um, like, like especially actually a lot of these Mediterranean artists like us Spaniards and Italians that really mm. um, show up and do yeah. a lot of heavy lifting here in Star-Lord as time goes by. Uh, script is Pat Mills as Ari Wright, Arts Alfonso as Piri, Letting Robot, or Letterer, I should say, Tom Frame. <laughs> my boy the ab human oh, oh, always, love that. always love that Tom Frame always it's the key <laughs> everything's the key I'm saying it a lot um, right, right now I'm sorry about that um, but so the ab humans are attacking and some of them are writing awesome pterodactyl monsters what the hell that's so amazing great. and it's got an afro you know Kind of thing going on. Yeah, it's it's kind of furry. I mean, this is very Warhammer to me, where you got to have like one big set piece monster, no matter what the uh, faction is, you know. So it has to be in pterodactyls for these guys. Um, yeah, they had been in a dormant phase apparently, but now they're active with a vengeance. 
Flint, Flint calls on the survivors to stand and fight. Uh, Captain Roker from the plane has a gun, apparently, and stands against oh. the monsters. But Would have been helpful earlier. Nah, you got to save it. Um, <laughs> but many more, are, many more passengers are set on fire by the acid spit of the oh ab God, humans. This is so rad. <laughs> look at these, these flaming guys just running around. Shut up, the oh, party. Man. It's awesome. Running around. Oh my God. They just spit on you to kill you. It's bad. It's their murder camels. Uh, uh, Kerr, who's the uh, rich industrialist, will remember, tries to buy one off. He's got money. He's even got a hip flask. Take my flask. But when he does, he tosses it at an ab human, and the alcohol causes him to catch on fire. Oh, no, he dissolves to death. Let's make some moonshine quick, boys. (laughs) To the stills. (laughs) Another wave of the monster ma- of of the monster's mass, but from the distance comes Charlie's angels coming through. <laughs> That's <is> awesome! <laughs> it's just <laughs> part of a plane. Yeah, it's just a it's a propeller fighter jet with the wings broken off, so it's like just a land based like pe- like he- uh, propeller lawnmower machine, basically. Oh my God. Uh, Great. It's just, where was that in Fury Road? I mean, come on, this is going <laughs> to... Yeah, that would have been great. I'm ready for it, for sure. Um, he's, he's fantastic, isn't he, Charlie, with his, the, the, the way that... that yeah, the just propeller... Just like, out, just like real, real American style. Woo! Bow, bow! <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so he rolls in, like you said, yeah, he's got a got a, got, got one of those uh, bomber helmets with the goggles and a big beard, pair of pistols, all that stuff. Um, and uh, he's followed up by a jeep tank combo and various jalopies with guns on them and stuff like Man, that. This Pro- is the best army. The propeller chews through these ab men. Other cars shoot him as well. Soon the ab men, the ab humans flee, and the leader jumps down and recognizes Flint. Burn me innards, yar. Man, it, it really feels like him propagating that barbarian lifestyle does not look like it's working out as well as it could. I mean, these like, guys have tanks and trucks and stuff, man, and rockets. He doesn't play well with others, the, 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 these barbarians, you know? Uh, so Charlie, this bearded guy, orders Flint to be killed, gets a kick in the junk for his trouble. <laughs> Um, and though then Flint himself gets clubbed on the head by a Viking dude and this oh, man. bearded man introduces himself as Charlie Hagen, a pilot lost in the triangle in 1942, offers to help him out. The passengers, of course, immediately desert Flint. Screw you, buddy. <laughs> work joint with Hagen. <laughs> this guy has cars and probably water. Yeah, like, you know, like, you're just not trustworthy, man. You self-identify as a barbarian, and that's just not cool. He axed a a thing off a woman's face. The man is not... And then then eats it. And then eats it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Flint says you can't trust these guys, and one of the other guys agrees. Like, yeah, listen, you can't trust us. We're going to mess these folks up. (laughs) It's good times. It's not going to be good. It's not going to end well. I don't know what happens in episode four, but I, yeah, it's, it's not going to end well for these guys. I, I know. Absolutely not. It's hard to read here, but it says, what are all these bones? Oh, man, please let them be cannibals. Please let them be cannibals. <laughs> please, 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 please. That would be so great. I mean, they're definitely not not cannibals. I'll say that much. <laughs> 
double negative. Hmm. But speaking of people going crazy and killing each other, let's go to Blueprint 2, Robusters. Just slimy mouth. Good. A lot of of slob in the mouth here. (laughs) Trademark, frankly. Yes, script robot Pat Mills. Or script Pat Mills art uh, and lettering Dave Gibbons. Of course, I get two checks this way. Oh, <laughs> Dave, <God. laughs> Davey, Davey, two checks Gibbons. Lettering is stuff. <laughs> but anyway, um, I love Amazing. this is a, a a brief jump in for Gibbons here in Star-Lord. I think this and maybe the next one are the only ones that he is his only work in here. Of course, better known for various things. Your your battle action play set era, Dan. Dan. Oh yeah, your Watchmen, all kinds of stuff. You know. It, oh no, it, this is what this is what this issue is, isn't it? This is this is battle action play. You know, this, this is it. This is his only contribution to Star Lord, I think. And, yeah. You know that that rocket on page one. You know, <laughs> this is this is space sport battle action play set. This this is happening in this. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very excited having her. Sorry, everybody. I dropped out for a second. But we should be back up. All right. Rojas and Hammerstein sold separately. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Again, we got to have. Well, I guess like I, I every time in my mind, I, I try to say like, oh, there should be a crossover. I, I remember that, that that there is a crossover in uh, what, like the 79 day and dare uh, annual where, where everybody visits dread on the moon and all the star Wars <laughs> guys are there too. And stuff. Never forget. It was Christmas time, wow. but anyway, <laughs> so listen, there's a red mist. All right. It's, it's from the army. It drives everybody insane and it's floating around the air in Florida. All right. This is, I'm, well, at least it's only Florida. Mo- nominally different from a standard day in Florida. All right. Robuster versus Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the swamps where there's also crazy alligators, Rojas and Hammerstein show up. Oh my god, he's just ripping him out of that fucking truck. That's rad. Definitely. He's a, he's a angry, he's a angry, you know, these are angry crocodiles, man. These are Definitely. alligators. Yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah, have over there. Gators, I mean, gators. I, we got both, you know, a lot of ways to die in the States. <laughs> <laughs> Tornadoes are my least favorite. Yeah. Uh, Crocnado, buddy. Oh god, no. That's the sequel. Sequel to the sequel. <laughs> Um, the the droids are down here to save a senator that's been lost. But along the way, they see this um, school bus full of kids that's being menaced. The driver just eaten by gators. And that means they got to save these kids because they're cool guys. All right. They oh wait God, in. He's just hammering the hell out fighting, of the gate. This is great. Fighting these gators as they go. They don't care, Fox. They just <laughs> low calorie kills as you fight these gators. Oh, man. Um, yeah, they they climb aboard and like the kids are freaked out. So they just tell them and take a minute to tell everybody their life story, which is clearly traumatizing their kid. Th- these kids as they go I'm like, yeah, listen. <laughs> I'm a ro- I'm a I'm a sewer droid that has a problem with authority, you know. Good times. I'm a war droid. I killed thousands. But now I'm <laughs> going to help you. This is, this is really good parenting, actually. Absolutely. Where's that bedside manner chip? You know, mm. they're, they're, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're here to say getting funny with that. The, the fact I'm, I'm sorry to say is they're here to save these kids' bodies, not their minds. You know. <laughs> 
they wow. they want to escape, but the buses but the bus's autopilot, Marvin, the bus computer, refuses to re- to obey orders unless they come from the driver and that driver's gator food, guys. It's bad times. <laughs> <laughs> Got to reach into that gator, pull some of that man out, and get him to talk. Oh, you could just like puppet with his skull. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> I do like that this that this sort of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference of this uh, you know weird robot named Marvin that isn't isn't getting along with everybody. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so uh, the- I hope that how Dave Gibbons has fitted this into his schedule because isn't it? He's drawing. He must be drawing. To, uh, he must be drawing Dan Dare in uh, in 2000 AD. I believe uh, so. This is uh, um, yeah, because yeah, the, the yeah, because the first battle action play sets before the Star Lord merger. It ends with the yeah. Star Lord mer- Star Lord merger. So this must have been right at the start of it, maybe. Yeah, mm. yeah. What's that? He must. So there's probably uh, like three or four pages a week in 2000 AD. So he's he's been drawing that for months, and then he's somehow. Managed to fit in four pages, no, six pages, six yeah, pages. Yeah, this is like, this is a ton of work. Uh, well, interesting you know. to do it. Yeah. It's a, bit, it's, it's a bit different from his normal work, isn't it? It's a bit, um, it looks a bit less finished. I don't mean that in a nasty way because, you know, <laughs> Dave is an amazing artist. Um, but I think, you know, just to get, squeeze six pages extra into your week, you know, which is ridiculous. Uh, and the amount of frames that you have that you're working yeah. with here. Uh, yeah, he's definitely firing so. away for sure. I love this, man. So, Marvin will only take orders from a human, so the bots go out in search of an adult human <laughs> to do things. Because it also won't take take orders from the kids. That's very important for a bus droid. You can't be overridden by the kids on the bus. <laughs> um, I think he's right. Everything else Marvin is wrong about, but he is right about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just good programming, you know? <laughs> they head out to find one, but all they find are a bunch of uh, red mist-affected loonies. Good, good moment here, where, where Rojas just finds a bunch of these obviously insane like prisoners are you, here. You're crazy. Are you guys loonies? Oh, they are loonies. God damn it. <laughs> I like how I like how it, uh, Hammerstein is like apologizing to them and they're just grunting and shooting. <laughs> Definitely. They got their answer. Um, the bots run back to the bus, try to convince Marvin to move on his own, but he just can't do it. He doesn't have the mental fortitude to move I don't on his like own. Being confused. <laughs> it's so it's so great when they're when they're trying to persuade him. You know this. You know uh, I I read this a few times. You know, and it's just you know it's really wood. You know, there's a lot going on in six pages. Uh, you know, Pat Mills has written a, a load, a load of dialogue, uh, and it's still funny. You know, you're still going through. You know, Marvin is just, he's just not going to play ball with these two, and they're just, they want to kill him. You know, they yeah. really want to. <laughs> no, Hammer's Hammerstein's got got the hammer back. He's ready he's to go. Got the hammer ready, isn't he? At the end of that episode, he, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna. <laughs> He I says, will crush you. You've got one minute, Marvin's like a minute, but I've never made a decision. It might take me years. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on Robusters, Mechquake, do you know? Um, oh my god, do new do you know what on you know who? Ooh, that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I, don't, I, I don't know what happens to Marvin in the next episode, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't fancy his chances. I think him and the loonies, that is it's bad times for them. Uh, I just feel bad for these kids, but still, we'll find out next time. That's actually true. <laughs> they have a bunch of psychopaths bearing down on the oh, bus. Oh, yeah. Now. No, they're, oh, yeah. they're coming. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a great uh, Rojo's at the end. He sort of summarizes the whole situation with his a gang of raving maniacs approaching through a poisonous red mist with a grade three robo bus sinking into a swamp full of blood crazed gators. Hammerstein, how did we ever get into this situation and how do we get out of it? Ooh, that's, oh, that's good cliffhanger for sure. That's good cliffhanger for, for anyone who hasn't been following for the last six pages. This is where this is what you've missed, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of, uh, or I guess this is sort of the midpoint, but let's start. Let's uh, start an exciting story with big guest stars with Blueprint Three. Oh wait, no! Oh my God! Oh, it's all messed up. Whatever. First, I guess let's talk. We we got another one of these multiple choice quizzes. Uh, this time for tank commanders. Like yes. Richard, good times. <laughs> Hope you knew. Oh my this God! One. The tank. The tank is just a T-Rex with a gun in its mouth. <laughs> That's what he's... That, do, you, do you know where that comes from, that, that T-Rex with its the gun in its mouth, that picture? I'd love to know. No, that, you can see it in the, in the corner. You can see there's a little K and a 76. Yeah. Uh, so actually, so what that is, that so it's, it's Kevin O'Neill. It's from um, like, a, like a little sort of self-published thing that he did uh, oh, in 1976 called Mech Memoirs. Ooh, uh, excellent. What? Yeah, and it's been recycled from that two years later into uh, into Starlord. Oh God, it's so it rad! Definitely, it has guns for hands. <laughs> yeah. God, Kev O'Neill, do you not do? Does he only do really cool stuff? <laughs> Pretty much, like it. Yeah. I mean, it's... He did a load of stuff for fanzines and things back in the early seventies. Tracy, you know, he's somebody, you know, I've looked into a lot of his early fanzine stuff and you can sort of see it becoming, by this time, you know, he's doing this robot, you know, it's really, it's super detailed, isn't it? Loads of little lines, really Mm -hmm. precise, but he does fanzine stuff like in the early 70s, which is really, which is really, really different. Uh, I'll find you some of his non-cool stuff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But there isn't much non-cool stuff. Uh, But yeah, so he's a bit like Dave Gibbons. You know, they're both working on on fanzines and contributing art to various things. And it's slowly, slowly getting them, you know, into a position where where they can get a job uh, and they can work on Starlord and they can be employed by 2000 AD. Uh, But yeah, but this one, uh, yeah, somehow... Kevin O'Neill saved himself five quid on the on the on the budget here by recycling his own artwork uh, in, in, into this page. So excellent! Awesome. Yeah. So moving on from this quiz, and there's also stuff for next week, including the start of uh, a time quake thing where there will be Nazis. It could be very exciting. Nazi world. Yeah. What the- <laughs> You'll see. Let's go to Blueprint Three. Strontium dog. <laughs> It's a multi-part, you know, there's a lot of Nazi world to come. Like, it's going to be a whole thing. I mean, if anything from 2000 AD has taught me, or if there's one thing, it's that Nazis, It's uh, there's always going to be Nazis. I mean, that's just, that's just British comics, honestly. <laughs> like, that and, and, and the, a, a title called The Final Solution. That one gets tossed around I mean, a lot. Yeah. Let, 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 I mean, okay, speaking of Blueprint 3, Strontium Dog. <laughs> Script about John Wagner, art, uh, script John Wagner, art Carl Sascara, lettering Peter Knight. Again, Earth 2180, at a spaceport, mutant bounty hunter Johnny Alpha, Viking sidekick Wolf, booking passage on, an a- on the astroliner Sondheim, dropping their weapons off at gunship or at a, at a gun check. Um, like uh, Wooly says in uh, in the in the chat right now, Carlos loves these uh, stripy like this stripy design on spaceships. You see it constantly in his work. Um, 
but they saunter into the first class lounge, but are quickly told that uh, oh. he's got to stay in the cargo hold. Oh, man. Do not smack talk Wolf. <laughs> I mean, Wolf's vi- – I love how defensive Wolf is about people mm-hmm. using, like, anti-mutant slurs and stuff like that to um, to Johnny. You know, he loves his buddy. He doesn't want – Hey, man, that's – bro, you step on him, you step on me, and then you get their hammer. Definitely. Power team. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, in the end, Wolf just decides to go along. And at the same time, I guess this isn't the Sondheim. It's a, it's a, it's an attack craft that's tracking the Astro Liner run by evil space pirate Papa Porka. Oh, man. This guy <laughs> is a Ganon. Pig alien. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, uh, very classic orc. Like pig orc kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, this is the pinkest two pages of comics I've ever seen. I mean, a lot of British comics, and this is the pinkest it is. And I guess it's all for Papa Porker's benefit, but th- this is some pink. I mean, there's been a lot of pink and a lot of purple in Stronti yeah. Dog generally, like in the, in, the, in the previous two issues as well. It's definitely Sarah a color that's coming that up a color, lot. Man. Absolutely. So in the uh, the lads chill in the cargo hole, in the cargo hole at least that they don't have to deal with screaming babies and stuff like that. When it's actually a oh. okay, no no babies in the cargo hold. So that's actually kind of a that's a that's a net positive, I think. It's okay. When suddenly a voice comes from the trunk, Wolf is sitting on, and inside is a gronk. It's got a, a tummy full of teeth. And a weird nose, and I love him, and he's got forearms, and he's a doctor man. I love this thing. Ooh, this I love one, this monster. This one isn't a doctor man, buddy. This one's just oh, a regular right. Gronk. He's just traveling. Um, he, we, we, we sort of meet the Gronk. We learn that it eats metal. That's right. They're all called Gronks. Yep. Wolf uh, gets grossed out by the Gronk eating metal through its chest, th- through its tummy mouth. But, you know, come on, be cool. And indeed, when the when the Gronk gets sad because of that, Wolf apologizes because he's a good guy. He's sort of, you know, weird. Yeah. He just gets messed up by weird by, by new stuff. You know? <laughs> and I mean, tummy tummy mouth is pretty weird, man. Yeah. Wolf tries to be friends when the ship lurches. Johnny uses his alpha eyes, of course. Got a, got an alpha got, got an alpha eye hammer, so the whole world looks like Check. alpha eye nails. Uh, it's pirates! Several limpet pods are approaching the ship, and Johnny... Oh, God, I forgot about limpets. They're coming back. It's the 70s. Limpets. The 70s are built on limpet weapons, buddy. You know that. <laughs> um, Johnny and Wolf are asked to come to the bridge as the Gronk goes to hide in its box. And it seems the Strontium dogs are the only fighters aboard the ship, and the captain's asking for, them he- asking for their help, despite the fact that, of course, they don't actually have weapons. They checked them previously. Mm-hmm. They heading to the uh, to the hold. Johnny and Wolf just grab any old thing they can find and prepare to fight these pirates. Despite the fact they don't have any weapons and all that stuff, it's just a mix of different aliens from around the solar system and the uh, galaxy. Various weirdos. Good pirating. Yeah, they burst through an attack in the name of Papa Porka. God, that's great. The boys give a good accounting of themselves, but are beaten and taken alive. <laughs> Papa Porker will want to play with them before Whoa. he kills them. What? That's what? That's weird. That's yep. a weird thing to say to somebody. He's evil. You know, that's how it goes. 
Um, and uh, next time on Strontium Dog, death is no stranger to a Strontium Dog. Uh, it's pretty red. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, good episode. You know, good introduction to the world of Strontium Dog. Um, you know, well. Wolf looks oh, mad and unhinged, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, he definitely is like super right? He looks sort of calm and sad-eyed, a bit like a sort of 70s doleful sort of pop star, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you wouldn't know that, you know, Johnny was the, the, the badass out, out of these two, I'd say, at the moment. <laughs> for sure. Oh, so much can change, for sure. Yeah. And speaking of uh, of a uh, powerful pairs, let's go on oh. to Blueprint for Mind Wars. <laughs> you you got it. You nailed it. Good you one. nailed it live, buddy. Script robot Alan Hebden, art robot art Jesus Redondo, lettering Peter Knight. I'm never going to get that. Um, on the planet <laughs> Volkrugan, a peaceful outpost far from the war between the Stellar Federation, the Juggle Empire. Strange things are afoot. Yeah, it's all that irradiation, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Arlen and Ardeni Lackham have been arrested and are on trial after Arlen levitated an interceptor craft and uh, Ardeni brought the pilot back to life. I mean, you know, this, this, uh, is, uh, this is criminal offenses, I guess. <laughs> Bringing back people to life, uh, it's bad. Bad times. Yeah. Gotta inquisit them. Get them to the Inquisition. Definitely. So I think there was a page break here for the uh, Star Blast game, but don't worry about that. Um, We learn that um, the Federation itself is interested in this, including uh, Federation troubleshooter Yose uh, uh, Tillman. He's headed out to check on this trial as it begins. Um, Arlen cautions Ardeni not to be rash as they're accused of being Juggler agent. And the trial rages on for two days. It's also being watched on the Juggler homeworld where they decide to take things up a notch. (laughs) A button is pressed, and 50 million light years away, the teens feel pain and lash out. What the? What? It's just a button press? That's right. Yeah, they got a big. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got a big control panel, you know. But, well, but I thought they irradiated them. Yeah, they irradiated them to give them crazy psychic powers. So, what? I mean, is the. So what, what does pressing the button do? They kind of have <laughs> control of the psychic powers that they've given them. All right. It's obvious, Fox. I don't know what you're worried about. <laughs> subspace instant tr- transmission. Oh, Come there on. we go. Yeah, there we go. Subspace. That's all I needed. Give yeah. me a direct term and I'll be fine. They send painful psychic energy into the crowd. Everyone's certain they're evil alien agents now. So there's only one thing they can do, and that's teleport away. Well, oh, I guess they can also teleport. They got all kinds of psychic powers. Yeah, it's, that's pretty rad. Definitely, I'll be all right with the teleport it's power. super rad. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> psychic Save power on. of the week. Every week, a new psychic power. Oh, Definitely. really? Yep. Is that really what this pretty is going to be? Yeah. Oh no. They've got powerful <laughs> and ill-defined psychic powers. That's what's important. Oh, I am so excited for the fucking camp. <laughs> Yase Tillman, who's just arrived, has an idea of where they went as defense forces are mobilized. We see on the bottom of the page, we've got a, uh, a, a Star-Lord TV and film guide 
the full color ads for the Wonder Woman TV show, which uh, I guess started in 75 here in the States, but is only now coming to British TV, as well as the uh, first uh, Christopher Reeves Superman movie, um, which is out in December, and Damnation Alley, which is currently being ripped off in the Cursed Earth storyline in Judge Dredd. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, meanwhile, miles away, the kids reappear, and Yase Tillman's waiting for them. He thinks they got their powers from that jungler ship, and the Federation wants to know the details, so let's get you out of here. He yeah. calls in his ship, and they climb aboard. Let's head to Earth. Things will be okay, but this might be the start of the biggest war we've ever faced. A oh, mind war! Ah, uh, yeah. Look at the camera. Say the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, push the kids out so we can see them die. <laughs> Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? There's something, something odd going on about this strip. I don't. What? Like that first page. Why is that a prologue? Nothing. There's no Johnny. You know, nobody else has a prologue page. I guess it's, yeah. it's because and the, the uh, page got okay. like that big, odd-looking banner. You know, the sort of it says "Mind Wars," and it's like, well, hang on, well, where, where, where does? Where does that come from? That's a logo that we don't normally yeah. see. I can't, and it's it's not in these scans, but I, I I believe that um the uh the game the board game that came with this issue like the board was in there, so it's basically uh, okay. like like it like it's continued after this. Okay, like, hey, remember us? We, we we're back now or something. I don't know. It's weird for sure. Uh, okay, I haven't got yeah 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 the the, the, the board has long since fallen out of my copy. Yeah, indeed, I. I'm liking their next week titles more than the Prague itself. <laughs> no. Blueprint. This, this, I, this is Alan Hebden's favorite story that he ever wrote. He loves this story. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's, I'm definitely, look, man, I'm pro psychic powers. Yeah. It's all good. I'm good just chance. saying that I want to see these kids get pushed out of a plane so we can watch them die. I'm very excited. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> don't worry. That's what I'll say. It's going to happen. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, speaking of people uh, going through portals to peril, Fox. And Robert oh, wow. And Richard. Sorry. Oh, man. Let's go to Blueprint 5, Time Quake, Script. Yeah. Chris Louder is Jack Adrian, Art Ian Kennedy, Lettering Robot, Lettering Tony Jacobs. Jesus. Ian yeah. Kennedy means there might be a plane here. I'm ready for it. Um <laughs> More creative team shuffling happening constantly here. Um, we've learned the truth to fix the past. Oh, sorry. I guess they, they they don't really explain it. It happens in the boxes here. Or maybe I missed it last time. But basically, um, they got to go back to the past and Blocker has to kill himself. It's the only way. Dad, that's a that's a problem. Wouldn't he then die in the future? I mean, there. I would say don't worry about it too much. Um, Got it. <laughs> there's some paradox stuff, but not a ton. Anyway, Blocker isn't taking it well, so he punches out Vinda <laughs> as you do. That's his move. I'm. Oh, oh, he's got a shotgun. Luckily, Susie's there to hit him with a stun blaster. You know, again, as you do. That goddamn stun blaster is really, like, like edging him out of these punches that he wants to throw. Definitely. Under duress, James has no choice. They use their time straps to go back in time. Uh, Blocker's got a drone blaster and all of them head below decks to kill Aswan, who's this terrorist that caused World War III. But the door opens as they go to assassinate it, and he finds himself 
Oh With no! With a goddamn shotgun. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's got a shotgun. He was warred by Aswan and two other dudes, but Future Blocker doesn't recognize these guys as having been on the boat when he was there for his version of the past. Oh man, they're terminating this whole thing. Absolutely, especially because these two extra dudes turn out to be drones in disguise. <laughs> they just like, I mean, they're huge. They're real big. Um, <laughs> Blocker shoots them, but he uses the drone blaster to do it, so it also destroys the side of the hull of the ship. You know. Oh, not good. Water comes rushing in as past Blocker tries to attack present Blocker. Susie warns them not to touch, but it's too late. They oh. meet, and suddenly they start time copping all over the place. Oh, this is so great. Please tell me that they just start collecting versions <laughs> I mean, it's not quite like it's just sort of there's a sort of a big explosion and it leads to a time psych out and stuff oh, like wow. that. Psych um, overload yeah. in a normal space time continuum. Basically, they explode. Blocker disappears along with Aswin. Uh, we learn that the Droon can change shape and they're doing that to change human history. Um, I mean... So, but things seem good. They time travel back to 78 and things are working pretty well. The, uh, what's your call? Hey, look at that. The yeah, it's definitely what London looked like in 78. Just, you know, because <laughs> you guys might not be sure about this, but you know, <laughs> I'm here in London. You know, I can tell you, you know, red buses. Come on, red buses, guys. You know what red buses are. Yeah. 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 No, double decker buses. That's how you know it's England. 100%. <laughs> yeah. That, that is then verification. It's not even the landmark that we get. Listen. It's just the bus and the man with a, a briefcase and a uh, umbrella. You can tell he's got a mustache. He's got a very stylish coat and hat on. He yes. is very British. I mean, I would have, I would have liked one of those guys with the big fur hats, and <laughs> then a music sting. That's the first couple bars of "God Save the You Know" da 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 and stuff. And you're kind of doing that, you know, walking down the street, or, or, or always with the with the "God Save the Queen." You know, the open bars. Where, I imagine we... it plays constantly, just like the Star Spangled <laughs> Banner does here in America. You know, over the air raid signs. Right yeah. There. <laughs> well, in between the Rain. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Oh, you know, wow. when it stops raining, that's how you know it stopped raining because you know they start playing the music. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody's either either hu either hover, uh, huddling away from an air raider, standing in line for rationing. It's good times. <laughs> 1978 <laughs> England. All the stereotypes. <laughs> wow. Coming, coming soon again. 1978 England. Oh, oh my. But anyway, bombs didn't go off. Good times. See you later. But. <laughs> It turns out that traveling through time messes with your body, so James has to join time control or he'll crumble to dust within six months. Welcome what aboard! <laughs> Blocker's they, not he's a ticking clock? Unless he joins uh, uh, time control. I love that like it ends with 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 Ketzel and Susie holding him back as he tries to attack. Uh, <laughs> he's ready to punch. He got jumped in basically here. Vinda, um, he promises to kill Vinda when he gets the chance. I mean, he's definitely going to punch him to death. Welcome aboard. Good first episode of Time Quake. Next time, the Nazis won the Second World War. Oh, no. <laughs> We're in the wrong past. <laughs> Very a lot, of, a lot of Nazi action in next week. I, I've, I've chosen the wrong the wrong prog. Oh, I should have been in prog. And what am I doing? I, yeah. <gasps> Does that mean he's going to punch a Nazi? A bunch? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's going to be a lot. But hey, with that, 
We finished issue three of Star-Lord, and thus I have one question for you guys, which is, starting with Richard Chief, Boys Adventure Comics Blog, what are your top and bottom uh, 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 blueprints for this issue? Uh, I guess my, my, my top blueprint, I mean, Planet of the Damned is is really violent, uh, so obviously I love that, uh, but but Robusters, uh, you know, six six pages, Pat Mills, Dave Gibbons, tells a story, mm. it's funny, it's so full of action, there's so many words in it, and yet it's so <laughs> much fun, you know, there's a lot going on there, uh, and, it, and it still reads really, really well, so, so, I, so I have Robusters as my top blueprint, uh, and then my bottom blueprint, uh, I mean, I I love Ian Kennedy. Even that fifth page he drew, which looks like he didn't really draw it. You know, he just penciled it in. Oh yeah, uh, sure. It's very light yeah. here as these guys mer- as these guys time cop together yeah, exactly. here. <laughs> Some deadline problems there. We'll just you know just do it really quickly. Uh, but you know, a Blocker's got a double barrel shotgun and is for working for people he doesn't want to work for. But he's no <laughs> Bill Savage. So. Oh, that's that's I a think. strong strong opinion. I, I I like that for sure. <laughs> All right, awesome. Fox, what do you got? Tops and bots, buddy. Oh, ooh, baby. Uh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm going to be honest here. I love me some Planet of the Damned right now. Um, <laughs> both because uh, Aspiri draws a very great damsel in distress, but also just like people getting sped on and, and being caught on fire. Uh, <laughs> a, a wingless plane sailing through the dirt as a man shoots into the sky. Uh, and then maybe they're cannibals. It's going to be really red. I, I'm enjoying it a ton. Yeah, this um, this this yeah. double page of Planet of the Damned is is pretty strong with the people running around on fire and then Charlie's Angels just blowing through here. It's pretty solid, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and then my bottom, I'm going to join with Timequake. You know, it is still action-y. There was at least and punch. Um, but not enough punching and not enough, like, hilarious Bill Savage-based violence, which is, <laughs> I think, then exactly correct. He's not doing Bill Savage stuff. Bill never let us down. Bill <laughs> always. He bandoliered the shit out of geese. He backed a, a bunch of danger acid into okay, a fucking yeah, building. I love that your best example of Bill Savage doing stuff is from Disaster 1990. Well, I, from Actual Invasion, you monster. <laughs> the man trained them with a magic flute or whatever, okay? Like, it was the best thing. It was the best thing in Disaster 1990. This is the most controversial opinion that Space Spinner has. Our, our Disaster 1990 love. I can't stress it enough. Um, oh, remember Duck? It's so good. <laughs> Conrad, I'm going on. I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. I'm relaxing all cool, but I need to know, sir. Top and bottom blueprints. Oh man, which of my which um which blueprint is uh is a shooting some people outside of the school and which blueprint is up to no good, making trouble in my neighborhood, Fox? That's exactly <laughs> what I need to know. Damn right. So we got in that. Oh man. I might I might say Mind Wars again for my bottom here. I don't think I said it last time, but I might say Mind Wars again. Such early days for Mind Wars. I know it's going to be so great, but this one is still, again, we're just sort of learning of their powers and seeing basic stuff. I can't, like, Mind Wars is going to kick in, and then it's going to kick in real hard and be great. Oh, man. Oh, I'm excited. Um, beyond, uh, otherwise, oh, geez, um... 
you know, Stranti Belk with the Gronk, that's real strong. Planet of the Damned has all this stuff, including these crazy pterodactyl guys that I really like. Um, there's t- they're, they're Time Coppin and Time Quake, just that two people at the same time merging into something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, but um, I think in the end... I'm going to say Robusters for my top. Damn. This one was fun. Oh, man. I love the art. I just love, like, just the the banter between Rojas and Hammerstein as they deal with all, as they kill alligators <laughs> and talk to these crazy humans. I don't, I, it's so good. It's so great. Um, they, they are great. Characters. I got to go with it. Um, but yeah, so I think that's it for me. And I think that's it for us. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. If you like what you're hearing, again, check out our weekly podcast um, about 2000 AD and your favorite podcast provider, in case you're here by accident, of course. Um, you can contact us at spacebitter2000 at gmail.com, 2000 AD forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter at spacebitter2k, everything else from spacebitter2000. Find us there. And again, if you like what you're hearing and you'd like to support us, we'd really appreciate it. And feel free to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Check out the links to the collected edition of these comics as well in our about section. Just if you kind of want to support these guys and get fine physical cop or physical, or I guess mostly digital copies of these uh, stories. But still, have them for your own. Always a good thing. They're worth your time. And Richard, where can we find you on the internet if you'd like to be found? Uh, yeah, you can find me. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Richard and Sheaf, S-H-E-A-F. Uh, and I'm also available at uh, boysadventurecomics.blogspot.com, where I blog uh, every single day about a different aspect of uh, British boys comics, uh, you know, from anything from the 1950s uh, up until now. been doing that for four years i think coming up in september so oh, just like us all right a lot of a lot of, lot of comic birthdays i think coming on <laughs> for sure yeah exactly. definitely yeah i i love your blog uh, i i subscribe to it on on my uh on my rss reader and uh and check it all the time it's it, it's amazing stuff i i love learning more about these these comics that i've somehow decided to have end up becoming my uh, life's obsession so it's always yeah. great <laughs> that's to help there's there's plenty more you know i got oh, i don't know uh coming up for 1500 posts up there oh, for wow damn so, god damn that is yeah. amazing fantastic all right thanks very much and everyone else or everybody i guess come back next hour as mind wars has space fights and slaps strontium dog wow. fights pirates the robusters save the day and the germans show up in both planet of the damned <laughs> and time quake <laughs> Oh, my God. So many Nazis next episode, you guys. A lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) And until then, I'm Conrad, their Fox and Richard, and we are the Space Spinner Star Lordathon. Keep watching the the skies. skies. Hail, Star Troopers. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox. It's 7 a.m. here in Los Angeles, and this is the fourth hour of the Space Spitter Star Lordathon, a live stream where two Americans discuss the UK sci fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. This session, this hour, we're covering Star Lord issue four, cover date June 3rd, 1978. 
This time, the mind war is on the run. Robusters are punching gators. Strontium Hell Dog yeah. is trapping pirates. The Planet of the Damned is learning hard truths. And the Nazis won the war in Time Quake. Oh, God, bad news. Seriously. You can find the comics we're covering today in Strontium Dog SGHD Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, Planet of the Damned Collection, and the Judge Dread Magazine issues 408 to 409. Yeah, good times. Okay. So, uh, back on our own again, Fox. Oh, geez. Exciting Just stuff. two boys riding a, a comic book into the sunset. Oh, man. Listen, we're still riding it. We're still riding out of the sunrise at this point. You know, That's early, true. early days, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this takes us to Carlos Escara drawing uh, Johnny Alpha shooting a space pirate on a checkerboard here. Um, oh, yeah. Very, very 70s look, this board. Definitely. It's all like it's got kind of that Strenko feel with the mm. negative space, this checkerboard and stuff like that. Um, and then also an ad, of course, for a, a second st- uh, sci-fi game. This is actually we're actually going to be putting out two sci-fi games at once Dang. in the pages of uh, in the pages of uh, Star Lord here. I mean, it's some shock value. I guess so. I mean, <laughs> fine. I guess. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the board game. I'm not in charge of them, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's your truth, board game people. Definitely. And that takes us to Blueprint One Mind Wars. Man, I cannot wait for all of these wars with minds. Push yeah. these children out of this plane. Definitely. Script, uh, script Alan Hebden, Art, Jesus Redondo, lettering, lettering Peter Knight. Um, Mind Wars moving to the front of the Star Lord here, and it's going to stay here basically for the rest of the run. Um, Yosei Tillman and these damn kids are leaving the pl- are leaving their planet, but they're caught by planetary flight control. Oh no! Hey man, they're just doing their jobs. Yeah, definitely. Aboard the ship, Yosei has Ardeni and Arlen make sandwiches or something as he contacts Earth. Um, <laughs> we've got these. Um, we just got to have these kids and their mental powers take them to the planet Leonix. I mean, just to be clear, the guy in the con- like in the control center is like, those devil children have got to be destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess their job is to also shoot down the aircraft. Well, yeah, no, these are different from the people telling Yosei to go to Leonix. Like these are the are the local, uh, what you call them? What's this planet called? Volkrugen, uh, uh, uh space forces. You know, you got to kill these yeah. kids. You gotta kill shoot these kids. <laughs> it's imperative. Definitely. Um, so the kids rush in, sensing that the Volkrugans are coming after them. And minutes later, ships arrive and open fire on our heroes. Um, in the crash, Arlen gets knocked out. I love Ardeni already showing what the, the the badass she'll become. She calls him Lice when Arlen oh, gets knocked out. It's pretty solid here. Um, Yosei says a Federation's weapon ship is coming to escort them, but the Volkrugans just want those kids. Toss them out the airlock and you'll be fine. 
Yeah, just throw them out. It's fine. It's fine. We'll yeah. collect the, the cold dead bodies. Definitely. The Volkrugans open fire, but the ship is protected by a force field. And then we get another good shot of Ardeni's psychic eyes as she catches the Volkrugan ships in a spiral vortex in the middle of space. <laughs> of course. But she can't. That's where a vortex would be. Definitely. She can't stop herself. In this vortex, she'll kill those dudes. So, naturally, Yase smacks her one and she snaps out of it, as you do. Um, oh, my God. Just violence, huh? Definitely. The weapon uh, she- Wait, slaps her? That's going to make her pass out? I mean... Or no, I guess she just kind of comes to... She just to- comes to her senses. You know, this is classic 1978 stuff, like a lady's yeah. being hysterical, so you slap her and she sort of comes... <laughs> you know. I didn't invent it. That's That's the trope. <laughs> Um, oh. Yeah, the, a weapon ship arrives. We've got a corruption in our scans. Don't worry about it too much. Um, the uh, and it beams up Yose Yosei's ship again. This is more Star Wars. Th- this feels very Star Wars, I guess. Mm-hmm. The uh, like except the they have a lot more lumps. Yeah, there is a very lumpy, uh, lumpy hangar that they're brought into. But, it, you know, the Millennium Falcon being picked up by a Star Destroyer or whatever else. Why does it have those little tiny... You see those little skis at the bottom? Those guns. Yeah. They're not warp nacelles. Could be. Ah, who knows? Eh. Um, they're... The uh, weapon ship is called Ortega's Folly. It's commanded by Commodore D'Souza. Has an alien second in command, uh, Kola Rashnik. And um, Arlen is taken to the med bay while Ardeni gets her bikini on and heads to the pool. She's got no butt. Time to got no butt. No, that's actually true. (laughs) She's got she's got Barbie butt. Yeah, Uh, Yosei reflects that he likes these kids as he smokes. Oh my god! Smokes a sweet space pipe. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. Testicles. (laughs) Better to pipe you with, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can just you know. Has she shim one tobacco in the other, baby? It's the future. <laughs> um, Jeez, man. Yeah, he's liking these guys, but if they can't harness their powers for the Federation, they will die. But that's just how oh it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone wants to kill these kids. Oh, yes. Meanwhile, on Juggler, the Supreme Cosmo and his sweet shoulder dragon is pissed the twins haven't been taken to Earth yet. Have them alter the ship's course. And we learn that the shoulder dragon's name is Cleefang, and he's my favorite character. He's the best. He's doing a scream. I want that planet destroyed. I want these pictures of Spider-Man, all right? There's two things that you've got to do. Get me Dan Dare. This planet needs to go. Do it. Next time on Mind Wars, we're monsters. We ought to be destroyed. Oh, all right. Good times. So they made these two kids psychic. Yeah. Why? They want them to well, so, so that they're psychic and they can use their powers when they want to. But it seems like the juggler also have control yeah, of them. Control it pretty much all the time. So I think they're thinking that oh, these kids have psychic powers. Let's take them to Earth, and then when they get to Earth, ah, oh, we'll use these psychic powers to destroy Earth. That seems to be the plan. Make a big old psychic bomb out of them. Yep. Convoluted. 
Oh, well, you know, I mean, they got to find a way. They are evil, dude. To, yeah, they're, one, they're evil, so it's got to be convoluted. <laughs> Two, they can't get their ships through Earth's defense systems. So they got to use, um, yeah. they got to get sneaky with some psychic teens. All right. Got to have them be people. Listen, so many of my plans rely on psychic teens, Fox. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, Wolfie Smith? But I'm damn. After this, there's an ad for Star Wars action figures. They seem to be vibrating slightly. Don't worry about it too much, Fox. Oh, yeah. Wait, why are they vibrating? Because they're so cool. I don't know. Were, were these the? Because uh, these were the ones that you could like fit into a bunch of stuff. That's what I remember. Like they made them this small so that they could like get into. Like different vehicles that you could buy. I think so. Although I mostly remember them as there being a bandolier like Chewbacca had, but it fit all the toys on your chest. Like, so Hell you yeah. Just walk around with all your action figures ready to go. God, I love a bandolier. For Bandoliers sure. Bandoliers are great. That's right. And speaking of uh, toyetic adventures, Fox. <laughs> speaking of oh, yeah. things that should have action, should have uh, vibrating action figures. <laughs> Oh my god, why? What? Sure. <laughs> Let's go to Oh Rojas can, can eat you put stuff in his mouth and then you push down his head and he squeegees out a bunch of like uh slime. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> Blueprint two Robusters Script yeah, Pat yeah. Mills Art Ro- Art Dave Gibbons Lettering Dave Gibbons Old Davy Two Checks as I said last time. <laughs> This time, it's the green phone. Ooh. We start with a quick recap. Angry gators and humans threaten a bus full of kids. Meanwhile, back at the praying mantis ship, Quartz is stunned to learn that Rojas and Hammerstein are saving kids and not a senator. Come on. What the heck, boys? For your lack of priorities, I'm having Mechquake warm himself up for your destruction. Got the big job. Jobs. Coming soon. Um, Marvin the bus finally agrees to drive. God, <laughs> and this freaking bus! They rolls off, ro- roll off as outside, but it's stuck in mud. So Hammerstein's got to help the bus get free. His and legs, gators are just trying to bite him, but he's made out of robo parts. They're so crazy that they don't understand what parts are good for biting and what isn't. You know, and they're gonna chip their teeth. That's gonna hurt. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but suddenly the florida men are upon them florida man attacks robots and bus full of children <laughs> well listen like th- that's a that's a pretty standard uh man bites robot fox but things get crazier when rojas attacks this guy and goes to bite him even through oh, yeah. the haze he gets terrified of rojas's giant rojas <laughs> It's so great. He'll turn you into garbage. He yeah. has no problem. Definitely. Hammerstein takes a few out as well. You know, the way he does, throwing him off a bus and hammering mostly. He, that's his move. You know, he does have like laser guns and stuff, but he can't use them on humans, I don't think. Yeah. He's got that uh, robotics laws, etc. Asimov. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, mean, words. I don't think they use those rules, but it is sort of, they aren't, I think they're just sort of generally restricted from uh from listen man humans all i'm saying is that there is no uh rules of robotics that they can't sass humans and that shit happens all oh, yeah. the time listen sassiness is part of their prime directive <laughs> <laughs> gotta sass everything 
Anyway, they managed to make it back, but the bots are there to save this U.S. senator, not the kids. So they're sent to Mechquake, and we get again my my favorite thing of just Road Jaws and Hammerstein having an agreeable conversation as they wait to be destroyed by Mechquake. <laughs> I mean, I, I like how nonchalant they're just like, yeah, robots just get destroyed. This is normal. Definitely. You know what? Do you know who? McQuake enjoy himself. I kind of imagine. I know you've got the big shouty robot. I kind of imagine McQuake is kind of a mix between like a coup like from Samurai Jack and um, and like Beavis, basically from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> but no fancy talk. Just kill and smash. Big jobs. Um, yeah, but it turns out actually that, um, you know, these kids were immune to the red gas. And that means Quart- that means Howard Quartz can fucking melt these kids down and turn them into an antidote <laughs> for the mist, basically. I really feel like the melting part is not necessary. I mean, he doesn't say that, but it's implied. <laughs> I, mean, I think listen, we all know. How else are you going to get the antidote out of those children? Absolutely. Come on. So the day's saved and the bots can live to see another day. Good times. Oh man! All right. Yeah, it's fine. That's that's a that's a pretty conventional kind of story here. I because this is this is always what it, it reminds me of the times when we first uh, mm-hmm. that it first kind of joined into the comic. And these were these were one of those uh, kind of comedy ones that we could get into pretty oh, easily. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the big difference between both Robusters and and Johnny Alpha and Strontium Dog um, is that. In Star-Lord, these are very much kind of monster of the week or event of the week kind of comics. Yeah. Whereas they kind of came in for specific things in in 2000 AD, you know, be it Mm -hmm. like flashbacks or like here's a job that Johnny Alpha's going on. And that's just what we're going to talk about, you know? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, (sighs) next time on Robusters, you may be only partly human, but you'll fry too. Delicious brain. Absolutely. And that takes us. Actually, speaking of uh, Johnny Alpha, let's continue on to Blueprint 3, Strontium Dog. Man, they have so many people rounded up here. I mean, it's everybody on the star liner, I guess. But yeah, script John Wagner, art Carl Suscara, lettering Peter Knight. The Astro Liner Sondheim has been taken by space pirates under the command of the evil Papa Porca. They've, whoa, they've seized the cargo and they're sending anyone who doesn't want to join the, the pirates out the airlock. Oh, yeah. That's not good. A lot of people getting spaced here. You know. <laughs> Always join whoa. the pirates. Yeah. Like, you know, at the very least, it'll be good for a laugh. You know, if you don't want to, even if you don't want to get involved in these, um, in, in their piracy, you know. Yeah, good, good call. The uh, the these panel these pie these piratic oh, panel borders all around here are really neat. I didn't for, even for notice Willie, that. That's sure. cool as hell, man. God, Definitely, Descara, you son of a bitch. Do an extra, man. You know he's trying to. He's he's been he's been uh, he was unloved in 2000 AD, so he's got to earn his uh, earn his suffer here, I guess, or something. Ooh. Show off. I'm like you didn't love me, now you'll see what I can do. <laughs> Beautiful. So a lot of people get spaced. Papa talks in a stereotypical accent. Not a fan of that. Vague reference maybe to like uh, Papa Doc or something else. Um, Like, uh, not Eh. cool. Let's keep moving. You know. (laughs) Trying to, I mean, why pig and like. uh, There's a lot going on. 
Yeah, there's a lot here. I mean, it's the alliteration that sort of does yeah. it. Papa Porca, that's solid. Um, anyway, the Papa offers our boys, Johnny Alpha and Wolf, jobs in his fleet, but they refuse, and Johnny just straight up calls Papa Porca a pig. Damn. <laughs> just Calling you out on what it. you look like. Whew. Um, they ref- yeah, so uh, Papa gives them an hour to think it over, but they're pretty resigned to death. Another sort of like, oh, I guess we're going to die. Fair enough. Until they hear a voice. The Gronk. Oh, yeah, boys. Then I'm gonna, I, I imagine he's going to eat them bars. Yep. He eats them bars. Eat you mean too, Steve. That's a good point. I, um, definitely. I mean, listen, it's a rich tapestry of, of stereotypes that Papa Pork is based on. All right. Like there's room enough for every there's room enough for lots of people to be bad dudes <laughs> that are also being like referenced in this character. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, let's take a quick break for another board game. The pages of Star Lord. Hell yeah, right. planet. Look at this ridiculous Johnny Alpha picture. Fox. This reminds me. Do you remember Nick Arcade? This looks like the board from Nick Arcade, where it's like you had to play a video game, then you would, you know, move a guy on a thing, and you had... maybe it really. I'm I'm pretty sure this has the same rules of a game that was in the very early um, issues of Action, which also had this sort of thing with a board with like four different dudes on it. One of them was Dredge Out, but in this case, one of them Strong Team Dog. There'll be more guys as time goes by. They just recycled it, friggin'. They just what? I mean, you know, like, there's honestly, like... Smoke them if you got them. I want to know who the game designer was at IPC at this point, because he got fired sometime in the early 80s, I think. Magnum Force, that's right. Jesus. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I want to know, like, who's doing these, because they're here, but they stopped being here in, like, 1980, you know? I'm just saying. Anyway, I do remember there was just a heyday of that. That Definitely. comic or uh, uh, board game stuff. I mean, anyway. it, it is a good readership capture thing of like, well, you, I got to buy all these issues if I got to get every piece of the game so I can play it, you know? <laughs> got to buy more issues. Got to get more pieces. That's the key. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Where am I? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Gronk is free on the ship, I guess, because he was in a box. They didn't see him. And he's able to easily melt the bars of his prison cell with his tongue. And I mean, it's tasty. It's like a, you know, double thing for him. Yeah. Kill two birds with one stone. They quickly run to the kiosk to get their weapons, and they manage to get it open just as the guards arrive. Man, that's some great timing. That's, you know, they're doing it. Uh, Johnny zaps him with a time trap. Oh, yeah. You know, which he would eventually use on his own Faja, which basically means they relive the same two seconds over and over again until they starve to death. (laughs) It's really just the worst. (laughs) Now fully armed, our boys start lockouting their way through the ship. (laughs) (laughs) All right, God. (laughs) Got to do it. Die hard in a spaceship or a space station. But still. Um. You know, they're taking people out. Uh, Wolf's hammering dudes pretty solid because you got to take them out quietly. Hell yeah. Johnny pulls out some more new tech. There's the anti-blaster beam polarizer and the god dang Electronux. Finally. They've shown up and they are the best. You punch a dude and they done get electrocuted. I love it. That's right. Got a ship full of kill crazy space pirates up against us and it ain't going to be no picnic. And next time you let that 
pirate trash go, Alpha, and now he's going to kill us all. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Exciting stuff. I like it when Sternhammer brings out Dare Hammer, baby. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, going to cave your head in, old cucumber. All right? God, I mean, yeah. Die quiet, but I mean, these dudes... <laughs> Clearly, their skulls are now broken. More like concussion cum- cumber. Oh. <laughs> now my best. All right. <laughs> Yet so weirdly my favorite. But speaking of uh, attacks from out of the blue fox, let's go. Oh, that's a big-ass gun. <laughs> Blueprint 4, Planet of the Damned. They needed three panels. Mm. Script, uh, Pat Mills is Ari Wright. Art, Alfonso Espiri. Lettering, Tom Frame. My boy. Yeah, the passengers of the TriStar joined forces with a caravan of survivors in this strange alternate reality in the Bermuda Triangle. They're driving on when in the distance an artillery piece aims and fires at them. It's that crazy Kraut. Scatter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just in a giant boat. Yeah, listen, everybody ducks and runs and stuff like that. And indeed, uh, it's uh, we see that it's basically just a big old World War II German U-boat crashed on a bunch of rocks. With, I guess, just a fucking uh, artillery on the top? That yeah. doesn't make any goddamn no, sense. No, no, no. I mean, I mean... Uh, Submarines have deck guns and stuff like that. Like that's no. what they t- that's what they take out like smaller ships when they don't want to waste a torpedo on them. They got more more regular guns, you know. What? Listen, obviously someone's never used all the mods to have like a real time mission in Silent Hunter. All right, <laughs> because you weren't like a stone college freshman who decided that no, I'm not going to class. All right, I'm gonna oh, be a fucking sea wolf here as realistic as possible. Fucking great. It's my life. Terrible. Um, Beautiful. You must pay the toll, Americana scum. And our new boss, Hagen, heads up with a box of food. But the German is not interested in these ones. Everybody's got to run for cover and eventually out of range of these German goods. Like this German guy's got monocle. Monocle, yeah. Real solid. Um <laughs> Barbarian Jake Flint, he's like all trussed up. Someone is enjoying this stuff as a uh, barbarian, also in a loincloth, sort of watches <laughs> over him. It's just, you know, he's enjoying the view, I guess. Yeah, he's, Flint, got, that, he's got that Viking look to him, too. Definitely. Always good to have a helmet. Yeah, that helmet. I wonder how a helmet got to Bermuda. That's the key, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Flint makes fun of the crew for this humiliation, and the Viking dude isn't pleased by it. They scuffle around, but before the Viking can land the killing blow, there's he's attacked by wandering abmen. Oh my god, <laughs> abhuman! <laughs> you go to half pages. The bottom half is Star Lord explaining what the heck Hell Planet is and how to play. I don't care. We're moving on. Um, okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the abhuman spit manages to free Flint from his bonds, and okay. he snags the Viking sword and slays the abhuman with it. Yeah. He's so good at killing these abhumans. Honestly, they must be made out of custard, just the way he cuts through them so easily. It's, uh, it's ma- like majority goo. 
you know? Yeah, very, very goo-based, based baddies here, for <laughs> a sure. A gunk, if you will. Uh, oh, ooh, ooh, a gunk? I like that. Um, he goes to rejoin his friends, only to uh, see that they've arrived at some kind of shelter. The the plane pilot looks around, notices a lot of bones on the ground, and like <laughs> human bones pretty clearly, looks like these guys' new friends are cannibals, <laughs> or at least oh, big-time murderers. I don't know if they actually... This, we might be bumping into some sort of comics morality code where they can't say no. the word cannibal, but they definitely imply it. Well, they um, can say torturing. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Anyway, you're next. And next <laughs> just, time. Just if I love that crazy eye shot, though. Ooh, He's yes. like, <laughs> Very good. Good. Next time on Planet of the Damned, Kerr is good as dead after what we did to him. All right. Man, not not many funny funny ones this time around. Mm-hmm. Push no. the kids out of the plane was pretty much my favorite. They're getting pretty serious, you know. Yeah. Kind of downshifting into some stuff here, you know. Um, but yeah, let's go to our final thrill for this time. Blueprint 5, Time Quake. Script, Chris Louder is Jack Adrian. Art, Ian Kennedy. Letting, oh no, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Art, Mangalese Salinas. I got it wrong in my writing here. And then uh, lettering Jack Potter. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, James Blocker, he's a time trooper, not a time warden like us folks in Star-Lord's paramilitary group. (laughs) He's returned briefly to 1978 London to pick up some more cigars when a Bobby stops him for parking illegal. Yeah, he says... (laughs) Like, Parliament Square, just got time to grab some more cheroots before I... Oh, terrific Persian old Bill. Oh. Man, I mean, I guess the cigar was a pro move for him last time. Gotta have him on him. Jam it in a drone's nose, you know? Probably not very comfortable. Listen. Anyway, Bobby goes after him for parking illegally. Then things change. It's a time quirk! Oh, uh, that's that's what that is, is a time quake. That's right. And suddenly this cop changes from a regular London cop to a goddamn <laughs> Nazi fox. And he is way, way more into Billy clubbing. Definitely clubs James to the ground, but then gets a shoulder toss and a judo chop. Oh, hell Get yeah. Get that chop you, in you, son. That's how you stop somebody. Just right to the right to the judo area. Definitely. He looks around. Everything's different. Parliament looks, has a different construction. There's a swastika union jack in the sky. Why why wouldn't they just replace it with the norm, like their flag? Why did they have to do that so that you know that it's London? In fact, in this case, it's un-London. And I mean, there's probably like a puppet government, like a, like a Vichy, like, but like English thing. Oh, yeah. Um, doesn't matter. All right. (laughs) (laughs) got a statue of hitler got a a big old flag definitely all this stuff more cops come as uh blocker mate as james blocker makes a run for it gotta steal this car gotta drive real fast and to think it's in in his ashton martin that well he left his ashton martin behind that's right he steals another car and i think just an hour ago i was Trading punches with a 26th century research professor. Whoa, what a day. <laughs> and then we flash back to that hour ago. 
Oh, God. Um, to, um, in, in the Cretaceous period, 85 million years ago, where Blocker has some questions about who's like the boss of time control anyway, <laughs> eating a sandwich as he does. <laughs> of course, as you do. Somebody should not be bringing their lunch to the meeting. He doesn't. He's doing his whole thing, you know. Anyway, um, this beardo, this bearded guy says it's none of his concern, and so they get in a fight. <laughs> oh, man. He grabs him by the bottom of the mouth. Well, here's what oh, happens. No, he shoves, he shoves sandwich a sandwich in into this guy's mouth <laughs> like a common and cigar. And just knees him in the gut, takes out his thing. Man, this is a good fight. It's pretty good. Wait, why are there two of them? Well, no, I mean, uh, what? He shoves it in the beard guy's face, then the bearded guy not, uh, knees him, and he holds a gun and all that stuff. Yeah, but then a version of Blocker shows up. Hold it right there, Z- uh, Zeidler. Another James Blocker appears, gives James enough time to kick the German's blaster out of his hands, and it turns out that it's the girl of the team, Susie Cho, using her 32nd century illusion powers. She okay. Change shape as needed, basically. All right, you know, that's handy. Yeah, she's a lady from the future. She's got powers. Um, it seems <laughs> Zeidler is a researcher from the 26th century. He's interested in cities under siege. We got some good uh, rule of threes stuff here. Because mm. he's interested in, like, Troy, 16th century Vienna, Berlin in 1945, and uh, New York in 2379. <laughs> that's All the right, future then. one. You see what I'm going about. Um, it's real good. Yeah. Blocker chew, um, Blocker tosses a few threats, and then we're back in the present as Blocker hits his time strap to travel away from the police pursuit. It's a watch. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's out of there. Disappears as his car just smashes into a wall here. Very good teleport out. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a good maneuver to just like crash the car and teleport out because then everyone's like, I ah, must be dead. Definitely. Yeah. He uh, heads to the local time control substation where he confirms with the boss that indeed times have changed. The Droom have messed with the timeline to make the Nazis win World War Two, as you do. I mean, that seems like a pretty con- they probably do that. This move specifically every couple weeks to be sure. Um, just to just to make sure that everything's still Nazi. Yeah. Um, they're hanging out when suddenly a bunch of Nazis roll up. They want that time machine gear and they want Blocker alive. And because they know his name, that must mean it's not the Droom behind it, but a bent time trooper. Oh, no. <gasps> I mean, really? I mean, uh, the uh, Droom knew Blocker's name yeah. at the start of this story. But, so I feel uh, like it could be a Droom. Yeah, but don't worry about it. Listen, th- it's not. It's a <laughs> bent time trooper. Better. All right. Just go with this. Just don't question it too much, buddy. We're going to live it up. Anyway, next time on Timequake, your molecules are scrambled over 85 million years. Ooh, prefer it uh, sunny side up, personally. Ooh, no scramble for me. But let's not let's not get into it because instead I want to get into Fox. What your top and bottom thrills are for this uh, you're get, the fourth you're issue of Star Lord. Ah, oh, man. Let me know. Tell me what's your tops, tops and bottoms. I, I gotta give it some thinking here as I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of going back through. So I, I'm starting to enjoy Mind Wars. Everyone wants to kill these kids. Yeah, it got it got real close here because of the pipe scene where he's just like, oh, I would kill them if they don't want to join. <laughs> um, but damn, man. Uh, 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 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go this time with 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 Mind Wars. Really? I, I love this plot of trying to murder these children. Seems like something that's up my alley. Uh, the vortex thing and the slap was just fucking. <laughs> there's so much 1970s happening in this that it's it's killing me. And also Dat Pipe though. Ooh, I love this time lapse slap in, in Mind Wars. You can see her going from from hysterical to controlled in the course of it. And yeah, and listen, this is a solid, solid eagle space pipe or something. It's very strange. Hard for me to deal with. They introduced Clee Fang, who's my fave also. What's your bot? What's your bot? Uh, so I'm going to give it to... I guess Planet of the Damned this time, mm. just because you know I'm I'm less into the barbarian fight and I'm more excited for what happens next, which I was really hoping was them eating these people. But you know, I mean, I guess it's just torture. Hey, listen, listen, don't. I mean, again, like they aren't gonna say that they're gonna eat them, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that next issue there's not gonna be some clear implications of eating him. <laughs> All right? Yes. They're on yes. the line. On the line. So, good, sir, will you please inform me and the audience of your top and bottom blueprints? No, I don't think I will, actually. Oh, no, okay. no. I guess I, I, I guess I, I suppose I will. Um, ooh. I'm tempted to say, I don't know. I do like Mind Wars, man. I love these spaceships flying kids. around. I do enjoy the, just the start of this big chase that where everybody is alternately trying to catch and kill these kids or uh, catch and, and make the kids work for them and stuff like that. It's going to go back and forth a lot. I love this, just this last image of this giant shoulder dragon and stuff like that. Um, I think I might give Strontium Dog my top this time. Um, I like this fighting and just the introduction of a bunch of key Strontium Dog technology is really nice. Um, that's pretty solid. Um, for my bottom. Ooh. It's hard. It is. They're not, none of this is particularly no. like ass. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I, um, I, I might give it to time, to, uh, to time quake. Um, just because when I first read it, I got very confused by the flashback in the middle of it, I guess. Yeah. It seems like just do your setup at first. Like, you the, know? like this flashback, like literally took me when I was reading it, took, uh, like a minute, like, like several minutes for me to figure out what was happening and stuff like, wait a minute, are we, did he travel back to talk to this professor? But no. So yeah, that's my bottom. Um, yeah. Top strong team dog, I think, but so excited for everything else. Definitely. Hell right. yeah, baby. Yeah, man. All right. Quick one this time. Maybe try to, let's stretch it out next time, everybody. I'm sorry. Um, Folks asking the chat again. Yes, um, the the show will be available after um, after the broadcast. We're just doing it here. You know, it's a big uh, big thing. It's gonna be a lot of fun. This twenty four hours thing. Oh, the endurance. My my vocal cords are seizing up already. It's gonna be terrible. All right. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. If you like what you're hearing, please check out our weekly podcast, Space Binner. Oh, sorry, our weekly podcast about 2000 AD from your favorite podcast provider. You can contact us at spacebinner2000 at gmail.com and 2000 AD forums or our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacebinner2k. For everything else, spacebinner2000, you'll find us. Um, and if you'd really like to support the show, and we really appreciate it, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Be sure to check out the links in our About section. 
for a collected edition of the comics that we're talking about. Um, so you can ch- buy them for yourselves. Hey, why not? Support these folks, I guess. Um, come back next. I don't, you know, I don't know how much money goes directly to them, but you know, I th- it's mm. better than nothing. And so I think that's probably for the best. Come back next hour as Johnny Alpha cooks some pork. Uh, Mind Wars uh. comes apart. The Robusters go skyscraping. It's party time in Planet of the Dead, on, in Planet of the Damned, and the Nazis are running wild in Timequake. <laughs> Wild Nazis, worst Nazis. Yeah, until then, I'm Conrad, they're Fox, and we are the Space Spinner Star Lordathon. Keep watching Don't look the, skies. At the sun.